Today's episode is sponsored by Big Weld Industries. Big Weld Industries is the largest and most influential corporation in Robot City. The company essentially runs the city with little opposition due to its monopoly and production of robot parts. The company is known for its innovative efforts and its endearing slogan, you can shine no matter what you're made of. Big Weld Industries. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Cineversal Nerds. I'm Brian. I'm Jesse. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> And happy holidays to everybody out there. We're almost uh, midway through December. Beautiful weather outside. Jesse can tell you all about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's a little. Ch- uh, yeah. Yesterday was pretty warm, actually. It was. Like it was, 50, and I so. think there is going to be some more warmer days uh, this year. Well, like this week, like not not like really warm, but like yesterday. Okay. I mean, I that was the... warm to me. So. Yeah. There was that wind though. Especially when you're up, you know, running well, I was, around and... Well, I was oh, up yeah, in the wind Canada, was crazy. so the wind was pretty crazy up there. Oh, yeah. It, the wind was crazy here. <laughs> was okay. it crazy up there? Eh? It was, eh? <laughs> yes, I was just in Canada seeing a show. Well, it was so, but it was windy like when I was leaving Saturday morning to go on my way. And mm. right by my house, there's this, um, like, uh, apartments that they're building. And they're pretty fast at it right now, but they have, like, this, like, um, chain link fence that's wrapped around it that you know was never there they just added that right. it was so windy and as soon as I turned the corner that fence fell down and almost hit my car by like it missed me by oh like God. an inch <laughs> <laughs> well I was talking I you know called a fellow male lady yesterday uh, to um, while I was working and she was like oh my god a tree just fell on the car behind me I'm like oh my god like I was like, can you imagine if she was 30 seconds behind? That would have fell on her. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And our little tin cans. Any any fun story for you, Alan, in the last... We just shared a couple, so... With well, weather? Not that that no. was a fun story. Well, no, no, I mean, well, you know. <laughs> I know. Nothing? No. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. fair. But you got your car back, so... Oh, yeah, I, I eventually did. Yes. Okay. Out of car prison. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. After what? Three it made months? bail. It was so like almost two and a half weeks. Oh my. Oh, mm. Really? I thought it was longer than that. It felt longer. It than felt that. longer. Than well, I mean, listen. Here's the thing: when you when a, a a a shot has your car, mm-hmm. one day feels like a week. Yeah. Because you get the habits of like pulling your keys out. You be like, oh, let me run down to Quality Dairy real yeah. quick and get a donut and shit. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Yeah. And then you can't do it. You be like, well, you can walk down. You be like, well, let's not push it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially, oh, I hate not having a car, so yeah, I get that. No, nope. no, I did get it back. Okay. And then some more uh, emblems went on, and I was like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> do you feel like they do that on purpose? Yes. Like, With dealerships specifically, dealers, yeah. Or, yes. Like not a dealership, because they like, be... a car place. And I have a light that comes on that wasn't on before, and I'm like, the fuck. I think, especially with specific dealerships. That only deal with, like, because mine's a Buick. Yeah. So there's only so many. Because they call my car, oh, it's a hybrid. And, like, I'm like, don't use big words with me, man. Mm-hmm. Can you, my heat ain't working. Can you do it or not? Yeah. But I feel like some of them do. I feel like some of them, they, they get under the hood and they be like, man, this this dude's engine's about to be out in, like, three months. But yeah. we ain't going to tell him. Mm-hmm. We're just going to fix what he brought the car in for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which most places will like hook it up to the computer and they'll be like, well, this needs to be fixed. This mm-hmm. needs... And they'll give like, you like an itemized list. Yeah. And then you can be like, oh, okay, well, I want this and this fixed for sure. The other stuff can wait. But now you have a way to do it yourself. They actually sell those scanners that you can hook up to your car oh, to find okay. out what you're... Well, I have uh, one of those hum devices from Verizon. 
that plugs in underneath, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and that'll tell you if codes are tripped or right. whatever. Yep. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. And it's just, you download the app that goes with it and it tells yeah. you right on the app. And I get free towing and uh -huh. the, so, I can, someone can bring me gas if I run out of gas one time a month, I think. Nice. So. Nice. Might as well go for the full tank. <laughs> but I haven't run out of gas in a real long time. Josh had to save me a couple times when I had my Buick. Better knock on wood. I rode that gas that gas on E for a while. Mm. I loved my Buick. Oh, that thing had the greatest, uh, what do you call them? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Listeners can't see the visual. You know, the like visual. Uh, suspension. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. No, it is gotcha. great. Yeah. But I'm at the point now. You know, I was Mine was telling, old, though. I was telling him a little bit about this. I was like, you know, I've only had this car a few years. Mm-hmm. But now I think I'm at the point, because I've had it taken in where, you know, to get serious shit fixed, and I'm yeah. like, all right, y'all, this is kind of adding up, like, for what I actually pay for the car. So I'm starting to treat my car like I treat my body. Whereas, like, I know the engine light's on, but I'm just like, oh, we'll just, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens today. We'll find mm -hmm. out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I know I could lose a little it weight. It could be important, but it could not be important. Sometimes you just got to... just want to be surprised. Some, sometimes you just got to enjoy the pizza. Because you're getting air in your gas tank. You know, like, if the cap's not on all the way, sometimes that'll trigger the engine. You know, sometimes it's just... Like I'm not a car serious. person, so the terminology to me, you might as well speak in a foreign language. Because I'm not going to understand what you're talking about. <laughs> um... Well, yeah, my dad's mechanic, not. so I, yeah, I, I, I don't know a lot, though. Right. But I know some basics, you know. But I just know, like, when I show up to get my oil change at, like, a Valvoline or whatever, I'm yeah. like, I just need the oil change, and they come back with a list of 50 things wrong with your car, and I'm like, I didn't ask you all this, man. I'm like, oil change. Change my oil, put some air in my tires. That's Why are all. you yeah. coming into my closet telling me you don't like this shirt I'm wearing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not what I showed up here for, man. I, I get it. I know my car has problems. I wish my dad was a car mechanic and not a like a diesel mechanic because he could fix my car. Right. For cheap. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, anyways, anyway. Um, before we start into the topic of today, which I credit <laughs> Jesse for because she came up with this topic, yeah. uh, we will go through our recently watched. Now, for me, I only saw two movies, and funny enough, neither of them are Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've been slacking a lot, but work has been crazy, and I just haven't had a lot of time. Uh, but for me, recently watched, uh, I saw that horror... Cue the eye roll, Brian. I saw that horror movie Thanksgiving, uh, directed oh, okay. by Eli Roth, and it was fantastic. It was uh, fantastic. It was old, uh, old Eli Roth, back to his roots of uh, using you know prosthetics and makeup, no CGI. I mean, there might be some CGI blood here and there, okay. but it was over-the-top gory with... Uh, horrible douchebag characters like in all of his movies that you just don't like but it was satisfying i mean it was a guy dressed like a pilgrim with an axe going around killing people i mean it's it was fun okay. and then i just saw nick cage's newest movie dream scenario oh nice went to theaters uh with chris and harley and we it was fantastic i mean i'm a huge nick i'm a huge cage fan everybody knows this you guys are and he knocked it out of the park and come to find out from harley that it was actually he kind of took this role because of all the memes and gifts uh that feature him throughout the years you know he has like the most out of any other celebrity mm -hmm. and this movie kind of is the culmination of all of that because in this movie, yes, he appears in everybody's dreams out of nowhere, and he's now the most popular person in the world because he just shows up in people's dreams. 
Um, so it's a really cool concept. But like an A24 movie usually goes, first half is a certain tone, and then it just twists into another direction that oh, you okay. don't see coming. And I enjoyed the hell out of, hell out of it. Cool. Yeah, I want to see that. Probably Alarm? won't see in theaters, but... I got nothing. Oh. We've been watching some Christmas flicks, though, because it yeah. is December. Well, yeah. The day after Thanksgiving ended, yeah. Mm-hmm. The wife was like, yeah, full Christmas, and that's what we'll be doing. Before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. started. But nothing new. Mostly just ones, classics no, and things. No, honestly, I, and I mean honestly, like nothing new. That's cool. Nothing new. Straight Christmas film, you know. Okay. Jesse? Um... Well, I've been watching a lot of cheesy Hallmark movies, so... <laughs> Naturally. There's that, but you know, they're not worth listing. Mm. Um, <laughs> they're just not hitting the same this year, which I know I've said that last time, too. Um, like newer ones? Yeah, they're uh, just, you yeah. know, I, I don't know. They're and just... even some of the older ones, like they had last year, like through Hulu and yeah. Hulu stuff, I'm like, where are these ones at? They're not there. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta make way for the newer ones. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. These newer ones, know. it's like... They're just know. not hitting the same. They just seem super just like boring a little bit almost. But anyway, um, but... I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> so Sam came over and I finally watched a movie that I have never seen. It's her favorite Christmas movie ever. Mm-hmm. It's A Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Loved it so yeah, much. Endearing. I cried at the end. <laughs> I did. Oh, it was great. It's endearing. Mm-hmm. I loved it so mm-hmm. much that I was like, I want to watch it again. And that's yeah. why so many. I think this was you last year. Yeah, so I know. Other I'm movies. surprised I've never seen it. You know, it's just yeah. not something I ever had my hands on. You know, and mm-hmm. and it's no surprise that a lot of other holiday movies, especially Cage's Family Man, that use that same plot structure. Yeah. So. Which, you know, I I do love movies or, like, Christmas movies that do that. Like, where they make a wish or something that their life was different. And they mm-hmm. get, like, it's a all about snippet of how their life would be. I don't know why. I love movies like that. I mm-hmm. really do. And in some Even if it's the same the every time. I like Yeah, that. I just... I still love it, even though it's kind of the same concept every oh, yeah. time, you know? But... I will watch it. It's a good plot structure. It really is, especially for a a holiday film. Yeah. So to go along with that, because the reason why we watched this Mm -hmm. was because of another movie that has the same concept, Mm -hmm. but I had never seen It's a Wonderful Life, so I had to watch that, which I'm kind of grateful I did first. Um, I watched It's a Wonderful Knife. I wanted to watch that, but I you had to pay for it, so I thought it was free. You can get it free on, um, if you do like a free trial of like AMC, which I know you don't like to do trials. Yeah, because I'll forget to cancel it. Yeah. So I did that. But was that. it great? Um. I only wanted to watch it based on the title. I didn't even care if it was bad or not. It just, the title was great. I mean, Justin Long is great. So. Continuing his resume of weird, creepy roles. It's okay, <laughs> but you know, watching it right after It's a Wonderful Life. That's fair. <laughs> so, I just, mm, I don't know, but, and I fell asleep a little bit in the last five minutes, so I, I did not see the end. It's like watching but. Citizen Kane, and they're like, what's next? Let's watch Spring Breakers. That. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Citizen Kane, so mm. I don't know, but I have seen Spring Breakers. Mm. I got Skullface on repeat. <laughs> 
Anyway, it's my favorite. Moving on. It's my favorite movie ever. <laughs> it, it is. Thanks. Okay. Uh, so today's topic is a, another uh, actor that we will be diving into their life and filmography, and this one is very, very beloved by everybody, uh, and that is Mr. Robin Williams. Love Robin Williams. Grew up with him. You want to say something? No. Oh, you're just pointing. Just, yep. Yep, yep. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> he's still missed dog. to this day. It feels just like yesterday when he passed away, but it has been about nine years now. Um, so he, uh, Robin Williams, one of the few actors that actually uses his real name uh, for for movies, although his middle name is McLaurin, which is his mother's last name. Uh, he was born July 21st, 1951, in Chicago, Illinois. And he always credited his mother, Lori, as an important influence on his humor because he tried to make her laugh all the time to gain attention. Um, in 1963, when he was 12 years old, he actually, him and his family actually moved to Michigan for a little while, for a few years. And he excelled in school there where he was on the wrestling team, he was elected class president, and he stayed there for four years until the family moved to California, which is where he was until his death. Uh, he graduated in 69 and was voted by his classmates most likely not to succeed and funniest. Well, he proved them wrong, except for the funniest. I was going to say. Um... <laughs> in 1973, he attained a full scholarship to the Juilliard School in New York City. He and Christopher Reeve, Superman, were the only two accepted by John Houseman into the advanced program at that school that year. William Hurt and Mandy Patinkin were also in his class. Reeve remembered his first impression of Robin when they were new students, and he actually quoted this. He wore tie-dyed shirts with tracksuit bottoms and talked a mile a minute. I'd never seen so much energy contained into one person. He was like an untied balloon that's been inflated and immediately released. <laughs> I watched in awe as he virtually carmed, carmed, or caramed, which means to collide and rebound immediately, off the walls of the classrooms and hallways. To say he was on, he was on would be a major understatement. Uh, during the summers of 74 and 76, Robin worked as a busboy at the Trident in uh, California. He left Juilliard during his junior year at the suggestion of John Houseman, who said there was nothing more Juilliard could teach him. Gerald Freeman, another teacher, said Robin was a genius and that the school's conservative and classical style of training did not suit him. No one was surprised that he left. He started his stand-up career that year in 1976. Williams said that uh, partly due to his stress of performing stand-up, he started using drugs and alcohol early in his career. He said he never drank or did drugs while he was on stage, but has performed a few times hungover from the previous day. He did have a quote. He described the stand-up life. It's a brutal field, man. They burn out. It takes a toll. Plus the lifestyle, partying, drinking, drugs. If you're on the road, it's even more brutal. You gotta come back down to mellow your, mellow your ass out. And then performing takes you back up. They flame out because it comes and goes. Suddenly they're hot, and then somebody else is hot. Sometimes they get very bitter. Sometimes they just gave, give up. Sometimes they have a revival thing, and they come back again. Sometimes they snap. The pressure kicks in. You become obsessed, and then you lose that focus you need. Of course, after appearing in the cast of The Richard Pryor Show on NBC, Robin was cast by Gary Marshall as, an, as the alien Mork in a 1978 episode of Happy Days titled My Favorite Orkin. As Mork Robin improvised much of his dialogue and physical comedy, he impressed the executives and was adored by the audience so much that it spawned its own spin-off show, Mork and Mindy, which ran from 1978 to 1982. 
The show had 60 million viewers weekly and was credited and it turned at turning Robin into a superstar. The character was so beloved and popular, he was featured on the cover of Time Magazine and Rolling Stone in 1979. Craziness. That was just a little... A little deep dive uh, trivia there for, for Robin Williams. I know. I just I, I, I love like, how you I say trivia, but it's more of like a biography. But I but some people might want to know. I mean, no, I was, know. I just love cool. that you call it trivia. So the first film role that he was credited uh, was a small part in a 1977 low budget comedy called "Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses," and he played the man with a toothache. Does that even mean? Can I do it? Dot dot dot. Till I need glasses. That was the name of it. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Also, before we dive into his actual filmography, I wrote down some memorable quotes of him. That just, it's just, it's Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Cocaine is God's way of telling you you are making too much money. This is his uh, quote about ballet: "Men wearing pants so tight that you can tell what religion they are." And here's one. Uh, and now that you have a child, you have to clean up your act because you can't drink anymore. You can't come home drunk and go, hey, here's a little switch. Daddy's going to throw up on you. When he, was in Can- when he was talking about Canada, he said, Canada is like a loft apartment over a really great party. When he was talking about the troops in Iraq, he says, I'm looking at a group of heavily armed people here. I'm telling myself, if you're not funny, it's a problem. Another one. I went to rehab in wine country just to keep my options open. And this one's pretty funny. Okra is the closest thing to nylon I've ever eaten. It's like they bred cotton with a green bean. Okra tastes like snot. The more you cook it, the more it turns into string. Yeah, that was like a very graphic vision. (laughs) Visual. See, I, it's funny that you brought up quotes because I actually looked up a quote because um, I used to have this in my art room for a long time because I loved it. Just the words? Yeah, like okay. a quote by yeah, him, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Like on a chalkboard, I like oh, wrote okay. it down because nice. I liked it. You're only given a little spark of madness. You mustn't lose it. I saw that quote too. I yeah. totally forgot to write that down. I love that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. The last one I have is men can't fake an orgasm. Who wants to look that dumb? You know what I'm saying? And moving on, oh, good, Alan. Uh, <laughs> moving on to his filmography, of course, just like Jim Carrey, Nicolas Cage, and others that we have done. I started from the very first. Uh, there's a few that I kind of might have skipped over, uh, but I pretty much got the, the 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 most of it. Yeah. So 1980, his first starring role, the adaptation of Popeye. Because what's her face in it? Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Which actually, you know, she said in interviews that she used to get made fun of in school because all the kids would call her olive oil. So it just Aww. kind of made it well, I, I mean, work. I didn't watch this, but I watched a preview of it. And, I mean... Those forearms. <laughs> okay. It's weird. You know, uh, so if you haven't seen one-hour photo, it's weird to see. blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. He only blonde... But dyed Chevy his hair Duvall twice. seemed... Really good as olive oil. Like, yeah, a really. She good looked olive just oil. like her. Yeah. Sounded just like her. And Robin was an interesting choice for Popeye. And uh, it's probably because he could do the. He voice. could do the voice. Yeah. 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 Did you see Popeye? I did. Yeah. What did you think? I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I, just, I watched the trailer just kind of get a f- yeah. you know yeah. feeling of right. what he was like in it. But 1980 yeah. was yeah. when that came out. Because I, I grew up with the cartoon. 
like watching the cartoons on okay. VHS See, I didn't tapes. Watch them, watch them, but I knew who he was. You know, mm-hmm. like I've seen I snippets. Yeah, but I was seeing the live action movie. I tried rewatching it. You know, didn't they make another live action Popeye? I don't think so, but they might have made like an no. animated movie. Oh, okay, I thought they did a live but action. There's movie. only like two people I know that could do that. That laugh, and that's Robin Williams and Joey from Full House. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a scene in the movie where Pappy, his pop, throws a throws Popeye a can of spinach during the filming. Pappy accidentally hit Robin in the head so hard he had to get stitches and delayed filming for weeks. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one's interesting for those who are fans of just Popeye in general. In the movie Popeye, he doesn't like spinach. In the comics, Popeye originally boosted his strength by rubbing the hairs of the head of Bernice, a magical wiffle hen. Eating spinach didn't become a staple until the animated shorts in the 30s. Okay. So, this is, yeah. hmm. so 1982, we get the movie The World According to Garp. Either of you seen this one? No think so it sounds familiar like i probably saw the it on the list but uh it's based on the john irving novel that chronicles the life of t.s garp and his mother jenny garp sees himself as a serious writer while jenny writes uh writes a feminist manifesto at the opportune time and finds herself as a magnet for all the manner of distressed women it's a drama it's Mm -hmm. one of his super early ones did you see this one alan Mm -mm. okay i saw clips Okay. Couldn't really say I'd seen the whole movie, but uh, it was the debut theatrical film for Glenn Close. And, uh, and John Lithgow was also in it, too. So, All right, moving up to 1983, we get The Survivors, where he plays the character Don Quinnell. Uh, the movie is about two men who lose their jobs and become unlikely friends when they stop a robber who then develops a grudge against them. Uh, the other person is Walter Matthau. Okay, I think this was one of the free ones, but I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Oh, I love this movie. Hmm. What'd you love about it? You know, it's like there was a camera, and just like some of the, the they, outdoor... They just, like, survive. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah. it was like, they were just in, like, survival mode. And I was like, <laughs> whoa. First role for John Goodman in a cameo. Yeah. Yeah, some of his earlier stuff, I didn't get a chance to watch. There's yeah. a couple of them that I did. Like I said, some of his stuff um, is really hard to find. So. so 1984, we get Moscow on the Hudson, where he plays Vladimir Ivanov. The movie is about a Russian circus that visits the U.S. A clown wants to defect, but doesn't have the nerve. His saxophone-playing friend, however, comes to the decision to defect in the middle of Bloomingdale's. We follow his life as he works his way through the American dream, tries to find work as a musician. I think this was one I watched a trailer of. It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I just did, I didn't watch this one. It's so. on Tubi as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, to prepare for the role, Robin actually learned how to speak Russian. He studied so hard that he was able to have proficient level a, a proficient level of conversation after just a month Ooh, of learning I feel it. Like Russian would be hard. And to he learn. even learned how to play the saxophone uh, in such a short time that a music teacher actually said that the amount of time that he spent learning saxophone. It would take actual saxophone players like two years. Oh, wow. Kind of like the Gosling in piano with Lala Land. a talented man. Mm-hmm. 1986, we get The Best of Times. He plays a guy named Jack Dundee, and it's the movie about a small-town loser determined to have one more shot at the big time by winning a football game. This one also stars Kurt Russell, and it's the debut film for actress Robin Lively. 
I watched this. I actually watched this today. Hmm, it's okay. on uh, Prime. Oh, okay. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's it, he's 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 great in it. He's always like just entertaining to watch. Yeah. But it's I don't know if it's something I'd watch again right. soon. Yeah. But it's nice to see because throughout his filmography, he he works with a lot of great people and he works under a lot of great people. So, and this one we get to see him and and Kurt Russell bounce off of each other. So. 1986, we get a film called Club Paradise, where he plays a guy named Jack Moniker. The movie about a retired Chicago firefighter who partners with a reggae singer to turn a seedy Caribbean nightclub into a resort for rich tourists. Also starring Peter O'Toole. This was another one I wanted to see, but I didn't get a chance yeah. to watch it. I didn't either. Originally supposed to be Bill Murray and John Cleese, but they turned it down. You know, this is almost kind of like Robin's fault for making movies as early as he did. Like, because he just really deprived us from being able to see them in real time. <laughs> and now we have to struggle yeah. to it find these films. Them. It's like, you know, you know knowing... what? Kind of selfish, Robin. So. <laughs> knowing my luck, kinda. all these movies just are going to be available on streaming services after, after the episode. After That's the how episode. it always happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Always. Those streaming services. Mm -hmm. listen they listen to, to their episodes. So. Obviously. It's great. Sick of it. Also, yeah, 19. Death to Smoochie Free. <laughs> 1986 we get a movie called seize the day he plays the character tommy wilhelm the movie is about an honest and hard-working salesman who loses his job and his girlfriend and decides to head to new york to pick up the pieces of his life probably one of the first uh dramatic roles for him this was one i could not find this is a rare one um interesting the movie also features jerry stiller and his performance was so good, it impressed Larry Charles, who then recommended him to Larry David to have him cast as George's father on Seinfeld. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool stuff. Uh, 1987, we get he's in a, a documentary called Dear America, Letters Home from Vietnam. Didn't really dive too much into that, because in 1987, he did the movie Good Morning Vietnam. Where he plays a real person, Adrian Coroner. The movie is about an unorthodox DJ who begins to shake things up when he's assigned to the U.S. Armed Service radio station in Vietnam, 1965. The thing with these movies with Robin, he is always known for. He ad-libs and improvs the majority of his scripts. You can tell. Oh, yeah. And he's so good at it. I watched clips from this, but I did not watch this movie because I, I couldn't get access to it. So... <laughs> I just acquired it. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> um, no, I really enjoyed this movie, uh, and you can tell his his broadcasts, they're so good. They're so smooth, and just they feel natural, and he's just so good at it. Um, and like I said, it is based on a real story and a real person, but the real Adrian said it was about 45% accurate. He said the film misrepresented mis misrepresented him to make him seem... Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. To make him seem anti-war when he was actually more anti-stupidity. In fact, Adrian, who later became a lawyer and died in 2018, became an active Republican and was vice chairman of the 2004 Bush-Cheney re-election campaign. He also said that if he would have done half the things Robin did in the film, he would have been court-martialed and sent to Fort Leavenworth. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they had to make the movie. Yeah, they did. Right. And it was yeah. good. It was, it was a yeah. good movie. <laughs> I Did mean, you see Good Morning Vietnam? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. It's one of my favorites. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. He had an uncredited appearance as an air conditioning salesman in a movie called Portrait of a White Marriage in 1988. I didn't write too much about that, but I just wanted to add that. Also in 1988, we get The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, where he plays King of the Moon. 
This one was directed by uh, Monty Python alum Terry Gilliam, who has a very crazy resume. Uh, I I have this on VHS, so I, I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. And it's uh, it's Never about heard of it. it's about Baron Munchausen and his supposed travels and fantastical experiences across the late 18th century Europe with his band of misfits. Terry Gilliam, he did like Brothers Grimm, Twelve Monkeys, Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, a lot of these weird fantasy type movies. And this one was definitely weird. And Isn't there like a syndrome called that? Munchausen by proxy is yeah. what it is. It's the uh Yeah, it's I where think the it was parents the, make their kids sick yeah, to like get that, sympathy. Like that whatever. Gypsy Rose case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> this was apparently Uma Thurman's first <laughs> acting job too. So awkward. <laughs> Well, 1989, we get a more popular one that people remember today, and that is Dead Poet Society. He plays John Keating. I wanted to rewatch this. The movie is about a new English teacher who was introduced to a... years in time. Yeah. And I actually just recently watched it for the first time. This is one of them. Like, I am surprised never I've seen never it seen it. No, I never oh, had it. Oh, I have it. seen it before. I've never... No. Okay. I, I know. I know all the famous... Scenes from it, the seize mm. the day, the oh captain, my oh, captain, yeah. all of that it's stuff. Reference so much, but I now think I actually watched it in its entirety until yesterday. Oh, okay, <laughs> and it was great. I loved yeah, it. It was it very, was, very good. It was a good movie and very sad. <laughs> that, that ending scene, tears, and it is one of Robin's favorite movies that he did. So it's a good one. You see Dead Poet Society? The show. Truthful. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That last one I was a little iffy on with your answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're just like, okay. <laughs> 1990, we get Cadillac Man, which is one I saw in theaters. He plays a uh, car salesman named Joey O'Brien. He has two days to sell 12 cars or he loses his job. On top of that, he has to contend with his multiple girlfriends, an ex-wife, his missing teenage daughter, and a crazy, jealous, machine-gun-wielding husband who holds the dealership hostage, which is Tim Robbins. Which doesn't really have to do with him two-timing any women right he's just yeah yeah lots of stuff happening at this dealership and you said you just recently watched i literally just watched this today um (laughs) for me (laughs) not my favorite Uh, i I liked his performance (laughs) the the whole movie in general was okay you know but but he did great in it, you know, like he was entertaining. That stash. Yeah. yeah. It's a good stash. Yeah. <laughs> well, in 1990, we get Awakenings. He plays Dr. Malcolm Sayre. A new doctor finds himself in a ward full of catatonic patients. He's disturbed by them and the fact that they've been catatonic for decades with no hope of any cure. When he finds a possible chemical cure, he gets permission to try it on one of them, Robert De Niro. When the first patient awakes, he is now well into his 50s after having gone into a coma in his 20s. Um, This is a sad movie as well, but with fantastic performances by everybody. Hmm. It is based on a nonfiction book by Oliver Sacks. I recommend this to anybody. It's really, really good. Yeah, for sure. What was it called again? Awakenings. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Great. uh, De Niro and and, um, Williams, great together. Uh, 1991, I got a film called Dead Again, where he plays Dr. It's a great name, Dr. Mm-hmm. Cozy Carlisle. 
The movie is about a woman who has lost her memory and is taken in by a Los Angeles orphanage and a private eye enlisted to track down her identity, but he soon finds that he might have a past life connection to her that endangers their lives. Oh, Directed by Kenneth Branagh. Actually kind of sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. It was uh, one of Robin's first thrillers, and he actually didn't want his name to be featured on the opening credits, thinking it may mislead the audience into thinking it was a comedy. Uh... Although if you look at the poster, and you look at the trailer... And it's called Dead Again. <laughs> I don't think. Um, so that one, I think, is on a streaming channel as well, oh, I saw. Okay. Either Tubi or something like that. Uh, 1991, Shakes the Clown. I have this on VHS. This one stars Bobcat yeah, Goldthwaite. But it's a cameo. He's a mime class instructor. Mm -hmm. But this one's also worth the watch because it's one of the earlier films for Adam Sandler. Blake Clark, and even Florence Henderson makes an appearance. Okay. But it's just about a, a, a clown who's uh, re really good at his job when, he, when he's sober and actually shows up. And then other clowns frame him for the murder of his boss. <laughs> but it's Bobcat Goldthwait. I mean, the guy... So it's a comedy. Really, yeah, dark okay. comedy, though. Yeah. <laughs> Although you might have some trouble with it, knowing your, uh, your fears. Yeah. It's not as bad as it used to be. Like, I can handle it. I just don't want you to talk to me. Don't touch me. You know? Don't be in the same room as me. Okay. So, just... You just do it on your own with your own... Yeah. Your yeah. own time. Mm -hmm. your I own can way. watch movies and whatever. I just... Just don't want to be around me. Cool. We're still in 91. We get the Fisher King, where he plays a character named Perry. Uh, this is another one by Terry Gilliam. The movie is about a former DJ, uh, suicidally despondent because of terrible mistake he made. He finds redemption in helping a deranged homeless man who was an unwitting victim of that mistake, which is Jeff Bridges. Um, this was one I really, really wanted to watch, and I did not get a chance to. So I'm a big fan of Terry Gilliam, so I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't get to watch this. Sorry, Robin. Well, you still can. I will. I will, yeah. I promise. And I wrote down that Terry Gilliam had three rules in life when it came to filmmaking. One, he'd never do anyone's script but his own. Two, he'd never work for a major studio. And three, he'd never work in America. This movie, he broke all three rules. <laughs> so now we get into uh, some of the uh, more popular ones that our listeners do know of, and that is 1991's Hook, where he plays Peter Banning slash Peter Pan. I love this movie so much. Yes. Mm -hmm. I watched this so much as a kid. Yep. Like, it was a mm -hmm. movie I had on repeat. Mm-hmm. On repeat? On repeat. <laughs> on repeat. Yeah. You know I got hooked on repeat. <laughs> I got hooked on <laughs> repeat. Well, very well casted. Uh, Dustin Hoffman as Hook was perfect. Um, and Robin Williams was a great choice. It was a bold uh, way of the storytelling with the adult Peter and yeah, having to find great. his yeah. inner... Your youthful spirit yeah. again. Oh, Julia yeah. Roberts is Tink. Oh, come oh, on. The I best Tink Bell of all time. Rufio. 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 I just saw him in a movie or something the other day, and I had to look it up. He's, like, in a dance, he's in a dance movie. I was like, I think that's like Rufio. <laughs> but it was. So. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was. A couple cameos are in there next time you guys watch it. Uh, Jimmy, Glenn Close. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Also, uh, cameos in it as one of the pirates who attempts to steal Peter's shoes. And the scene where the couple is kissing on the bridge who begin to float away when some fairy dust lands on them is George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Aww. Hmm? That's cool. 
1992, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Ayo. He plays the voice of <laughs> Batty Cotto. Yeah. We all know this story. Fern Gully. See, this was a movie I didn't... I didn't <laughs> it's going to gloss over it. Huh? You said we all know this story. Fern Gully. I don't really have to explain it. Anybody that listens to this knows what Fern Gully yeah. is. See, mm-hmm. I didn't own this movie. Maybe not Fern Gully 2. I didn't own this movie as a kid, but I loved it. Yeah. So like, so I would like, every time I went to my cousin's house, I'd be like, can we watch Fern Gully? Because yeah. they and owned it and I didn't. It so. came out around the time where everybody was all about Save the Rainforest. Yeah. Because the, the rainforest of Fern Gully was based at, on the uh, rainforest in uh, Australia. Yeah, and wasn't that Tim Curry who Tim Curry voiced yep. uh, Hexus? Yep. An interesting little thing about uh, Tim Curry, he he did some original voice recordings, and they were so eerie and sinister it actually made children cry during <laughs> test screenings. So he had to be called back for retakes. Oh no, that's um, so funny, but not surprising. Obviously. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably how it is in any movie he's in. I'm pretty sure he scared the crap out of Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone too. Yes. First time. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, in Spain, it was dubbed into Spanish entirely by one person, a comedian named Angel Garo, who single-handedly, like, did the entire thing, and it earned him a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Williams, we know, is an improv master improver and ad-libber. He did provide 14 hours worth of improvised lines oh for this God. movie. Director Bill Croyer was so impressed that he ended up giving Robin triple the screen time because the character of Batty was only sp- was originally written to have only an eight-minute role. That makes sense. Could mm-hmm. you imagine his character not having the amount of screen time he does yeah. in that movie? And it's mm-hmm. a great character. I love Ugh. Batty. Yeah. Uh, this role did earn uh, Robin uh, the voice uh, of, an, of a big movie, which we will talk about next. This was originally supposed to be released in 91, but was later to move later moved a year to avoid competition with Beauty and the Beast and American Tale 5 Goes West. It was good they did it a year later because it coincided with Earth Day. So, and that next big movie is Aladdin as the voice of Genie. I've never heard of this. It's classic. Come on, the one with Will Smith? I just rewatched this. Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, but like cartoon. That's the only one. That's the only one you know. That's the only one I like. That one at all. It's the only one I care for. <laughs> Lies. Uh, we all love Aladdin. Uh, you don't know me. He was, you don't know, you know my story. I know you're lying though. These are some. In- I found out some interesting things about this. Uh, when the chairman of Disney, Jeffrey Katzenberg, found out about Robin getting the genie offer, he was still working on Fern Gully. He actually demanded that Robin drops out of Fern Gully because he didn't want um, him to voice for two competing animated movies from different studios that would be released so close together. If he didn't but, have a contract, so what? But Robin refused. Yeah. So Katzenberg <laughs> went out of his way to sabotage Fern Gully, like taking over studios the production had rented by paying more and buying a wow. space to force them out. This was one of the main contributing factors in Robin's well-publicized fallout with Disney. I mean, it makes sense, man. Yeah. Like, you shitting on my work prior to the work mm-hmm. you want me to do for you. Right. That's bullshit. And they came something. out different years, right? They both came out in 92. Oh. Man, it was pushed. It was supposed to be 91. It got pushed. But still, they didn't come out the same right, time. Man. Come on, man. Look, yeah. Who fucking cares? Look how successful Aladdin was. Very. More uh, successful than Fern Gully, I would say. 
And some people, you know, and they almost had about 16 hours worth of improvised dialogue right. from Robin as usual. Oh my God. Um, How do you come up with like just so much randomness? He's, He's a he's a comedian. He's I know, just but so it, good it's, at it. it's amazing. It is. Like, he's that good. But because he ad libs so much of the movie, the script unfortunately was rejected for best adapted screenplay at the Academy Awards Aww. because it's all made up. Racist. <laughs> Yeah, it's not all made up. He's well, not the whole movie. No, his no, ad-libbing. but he's saying but his, his ad libs yeah. reduce like the actual yeah, because yeah, he's so much adapted screen that they couldn't okay. submit it in, in that you. category. Okay. And I don't know if people really know this. Maybe you guys do because you guys are huge Uber fans of this. Not saying I'm not. I'm just saying uh, the peddler in the beginning, which is also voiced by Robin Williams, mm-hmm. uh, was originally going to be revealed as the genie. The directors have confirmed. Which, there was theories that yep. it was. The, the directors actually have confirmed that they are the same person, but due to editing and story changes, the scene wasn't included. But they did animate it. Uh, you do notice it because they, besides, they have the same voice, but other features were similar, like his beard, his eyebrows, and the big one. His character only has four fingers, just like the genie. The only characters in the movie with four fingers. Huh. Kind of cool. I didn't realize that. Hmm. Well, yeah, Interesting. Aladdin. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. He's as another one in 92, which was less received, but I still enjoyed it for what it was, but it could have been better, in my opinion, and that is Toys, where he plays the character Leslie Zevo. I don't... I know I've seen this, but... I've I, never seen it. I, I don't fact, really remember it, and it wasn't something that I wanted to watch. I know the cover art where he has the top the hat. hat. Yeah. yeah, it's like open, like a yeah. door. And uh, this movie is about a Lieutenant General Leland Zivu who inherits a toy making <laughs> company and begins making war toys because he doesn't know he doesn't understand children, and his employees <laughs> band together to stop him before he ruins the name of Zivu. I wonder why forever. I never wanted to see this. Uh, this was the <laughs> this was the theatrical debut of Jamie Fox. All right. <laughs> okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, but 1993, we get to the big one, and that mm-hmm. is Mrs. Doubtfire, where he plays Daniel Hillard slash Mrs. Doubtfire. Yuva Janaya. Yuva Janaya Doubtfire. Dear. Dear. Yes. Dear. <laughs> Very quotable. Yes. A lot of things uh, have come up uh, about this movie. Dude, this looks is, like a lady. This is... Heavy rotation on VHS tape in my house. Same, this Heavy rotation. Aladdin, Hook. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams was my childhood. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, I, I watched this movie a lot. Even to this day, when I when yes. I see it on like Hulu, I'm like, I'm watching this shit. I know how many through times through. I'm like, oh, hello there! Hello! New stuff comes mm-hmm. out about it even to this day, like, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm going to say this a lot. He ad-libbed a lot of the scenes. You don't and, say it. Yeah. So he ad-libbed so much I that they actually... So they actually had different uh, ratings for, for the movies that they've recorded. Like, we obviously got the PG-13 or PG-rated one, but he did ad-libs where it was almost an R-rated film and even an NC-17 Film. So yeah, I want to see the director's cut of yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. I want to see the I Snyder gonna, cut. I didn't Mrs. rewatch <laughs> this for this just because I've seen it so right. many oh, yeah, times, yeah, yeah. but I, it was very it's tempting still beloved. anyway to watch it mm-hmm. again. But I did not. So they were unsure if him in the Mrs. Doubtfire makeup would be believable. So Robin went out into the real public to a bookstore to purchase a book to test the believability. And he was very successful. No one recognized him. <laughs> well, I would yeah. say. Yep. And funny enough, this wasn't the first time he performed this character. This was a character that he had, but he but he basically had a movie about it. And he actually did this character 
uh, for a show that Andy Kaufman did, but he portrayed it as Andy's grandmother. <laughs> I'd like to see that footage. That, yeah. that sounds amazing. Uh, his montage, you know, that he does with all the different wigs and stuff. So I have a Match little thing about Match that. So make first, me yeah, a yeah. Ma- so yeah. find me, <laughs> so catch first, me, you catch. Yeah, so Barbara Streisand, yeah, Great scene. Now, funny I thing about it. that scene is he got away with a somewhat dirty joke during that, and that's when he was performing as the old Jewish woman. Where he says, I should never buy gribbons from a moil. It's so chewy. Gribbons are actually uh, fried chicken skin, and a moil is someone who performs circumcisions, meaning that making gribbons a reference to foreskin. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and by That's the way, the funny. makeup took four and a half hours to apply. I oh, believe I can it. imagine that scene probably But he's worth it. The scene, he is worth it. The scene where he's with the, the caseworker and his face is melting Dude. and falling in. Oh, great scene. All of it. Not scripted. It actually, it, like, it wasn't supposed to. How could you? To, well, it wasn't supposed to fall off his face. My mom and he would didn't, not let me do that. He, I wanted to he try didn't, that. He right? didn't do that. He just rolled <laughs> like, with it. But the, the reason why it kept melting off his face were the uh, stage lights. Where yeah. It was so hot, yeah. it melted off You just his got face. wood cream on your face. It's only going to stay on there so long. It's funny, Miss Doubtfire is one of the best movies of all time. Very quotable. Not even just in comedy. It's one of the best movies. Like, for one man. I know, like... People like to talk about Eddie Murphy and the Clumps, but I'm like, yeah. oh no, I got that. Yeah, but Robin, yeah, and this was before like you you do the split screen with different characters. This I was like, yeah. come on, man, come on, yo. Oh, for sure. And and just seeing him throw lemons at the back of Pierce Brosnan's head. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> this was a run by fruiting. Uh, and, and the older they, you they, got, the underlying message in I this think, movie about the divorce, like yeah. how it, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. But as a kid watching, you know, you don't catch on to that. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you was like, oh, this is actually a deep ass movie. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so Which is like when the when okay, Sally Field came home and the goat was eating the cake and all that <laughs> shit. You like it's Chip not until around. you get in, you get older and you be like, Oh shit, damn. <laughs> That's what happens when you're dancing to House of Pain. No, don't smoke. So great. So great. Yeah, it is. It's a deep ass movie, though. It is. The older you get, you be like, oh, that was mm-hmm. actually a, kind of a sad movie. It, it was. It, it is. It, it is. And then you had sure. uh, the creepy kid. Uh, what was his name? From Matilda. <laughs> I don't the one that haunts your yeah, dreams. But, yeah, but things must happen, though. I was like, all right, man, look out. Enough of you. That's a pretty you. good impression. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I like the way that top fire said it. I'm like, all right, enough with you and the teeth and the tongue. Move. Oh, yeah, I forgot you had a problem with her. Yeah, <laughs> it took me a minute to realize yeah, what you were talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, come on, man. <laughs> but, yes, Mrs. Doubtfire, there was even talks of a sequel. But, um, you know, at the time, Robin wasn't doing well because it was way later. And he turned down the script. And then they were going to rework it and do it. And then, unfortunately, he died. So they wow. weren't able to do it at all. So it it's it's great just as its own. For I sure. think it would have ruined yes. it if they did. Yeah, the agreed. Uh, it would have been, like, too pushed. Yeah. I, I think they could have did a, a sequel, but it would have had to have been, like, the same time frame. as like yeah. how they did Home It would have had to... Like, yeah. Like, it it, it would have had to have been... Right. Like, yeah. Not a legacy or, sequel. But yeah. Like a, no, it would have had to have been, like, yeah, no later yeah, than, yeah. like, 97 mm-hmm. at most. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 
Uh, this was an the next one. This one was another one I wanted to see, but I didn't get a chance to find it. And that's Being Human in 1984. It was man. on uh, Roku Channel. I watched right. it. Oh, okay. Plays a man named Hector. The movie is about a man who must learn the meaning of courage across four timelines. Uh, or four lifetimes, centuries apart. What did you think of Being um, Human? I think the best... I know we're coming off Mrs. Doubtfire, so don't compare it to that. But... Um... <laughs> I don't know how to describe this movie. Like some of the stories were just like, mm, like didn't really have a purpose. But the the one where he was a slave, that one was a good one. You know, the synopsis reminds me of Cloud Atlas a little bit. Yeah. This was the feature film debut of Ewan McGregor. I don't remember him in it. Hmm. I just read about it. I didn't okay. really watch this. Yeah, because he was like a slave. And then, like, in, um, like, I don't think it was Roman, but kind of, like, that era. Mm -hmm. um, and then... And it's crazy how he can switch from something so comedic to something so serious. Yeah. And, like, in a matter of months. Yeah, so there was a bunch, yeah, a bunch of different little shorts. And, I mean, I watched the whole thing, and it was entertaining. Okay. But, and, you know, he's good, of course, but mm -hmm. would I watch it again? Probably not. That's fair. Well, in 95, we get nine months. He plays Dr. Kosovich, which I saw this in theaters. Uh, it's about, uh, it's got Hugh Grant, Julianne Moore. Uh, when he finds out his longtime girlfriend is pregnant, a commitment phobe realizes he must change his lifestyle for better or much, much worse. This was also Hugh Grant's first Hollywood film. Yeah, I don't remember this movie that much. He was the he was just the doctor, like the fertility doctor for, for them. And yeah. he was funny. He was funny in it. And this is one of many roles of... Robin Williams playing a doctor. He, he usually plays, like, for the most part, he usually plays a doctor or a priest yeah. in a lot of these movies. <laughs> like a lot of, like, small roles. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. and he's good at it. So. For sure. It's a good movie, and it's it's worth it for, for Williams alone. Did you see that one? Of course. I was saying, it's a rom-com, so I'm just wondering if you have seen yeah, it for real. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Okay. okay. One of my favorites. He did have a uncredited appearance in Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, which is a hilarious movie, if you haven't seen it. Nope. Um, it's Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo, and they're drag queens. Oh, I have seen that movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember Robert Williams He's in that a movie, very small but, part, okay. uncredited. Played but it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I, I have seen that before. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but in the big one in 95 is Jumanji, where he plays the character Alan Parrish. Um, never heard of this one. Mm -hmm. no. I never played the board game, but I no. imagine things can happen if you play the board no. game. Like Zathura. <laughs> <laughs> this is based on a book by Chris Van Allsburg. Apparently the word Jumanji is Zulu for many effects. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You enjoyed Jumanji? Yeah, I, oh, I liked this as a kid. This is a Robin Williams staple along with Miss Doubtfire and Hood. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. Agreed. To this day. And director Joe Johnson was hesitant on actually hiring him because he knew of his reputation of ad-libbing and impro improving and wanted Williams to like really like stick to the script, which he did. He improved a little bit. But right. not as much as he would in right. other stuff. So he's but, stuck. You know, he, he's stuck I'm sure to the story. he's respectful. If a director oh, yeah. doesn't want him to do that, you know, mm -hmm. I can't see him being disrespectful. It's true. 
But, you know, he did get into the alcohol and drugs early, so who knows what yeah. some of that stuff on set is. But, it, you know, who knows? But, no, it was great. Um, Jumanji is an all-time classic, mm-hmm. if you think about it. I do have the board game sitting at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I refuse to play it because movie. I don't want it to... Introduce us to... Yeah, I've know, never played Kier- Kirsten. the... The board game before. I want I've never to. even opened one to. or saw one. I don't even want to look at it because I you never to. know. Oh, I'd well, play I it. I want oh, to. I would hell yeah, I I would play to. it. I just never have because it's kind of expensive. So. Well, I got mine at Goodwill for 50 cents. Oh, okay. Well, does it come with everything? <laughs> I don't know. So you own it. Yeah. But you don't even want to look at it? Uh-huh. Well, we just saw uh, Gabrielle. 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 Well, Gabrielle. 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 What? I was trying to say Gabrielle and I, and I just went, Gabrielle and I, yeah. you know what I'm saying, what I'm talking about? Yeah, we were just at Myers on Saginaw, new nickname. and they had a board game there for like 22 bucks. Okay, that's brand they new. went and I was down, because like, it used to be like 40 to 50 Yeah, yeah okay. It's like Ouija yeah. boards, yeah. like anywhere you go, like the like the Metal or whatever. I'm just saying like the board game. I know, I'm just saying. I've never seen no, the Jumanji board game. No matter where you go. I'd pay twenty dollars for a board game. Yeah. If it's something that you know for sure you're going to play. For real, I was like, oh, yeah. Man, should we get that? She was like, I have an oh, issue for a game night, so we should. I'll bring you Jumanji in categories because yeah. it's my favorite. Have well, some drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your your Jumanji or the brand new one? Probably the brand new one, okay. just in case I'm missing some pieces. But I will bring mine to compare. So I can well, I can I can bring mine to compare. And he's never even opened it. But, but I, I have it because I'm a movie guy. It's a movie prop. Now. I get it. But, like, but I want to play. Open it. that shit and check it out. Yeah, I want to play. I will bring it to compare it because I will have to and, I, exactly. And die. Right. I will have to see what pieces mm. I'm missing. Right, right. <laughs> right. Probably don't even have the cards. There's probably nothing in the box at all. <laughs> no dice. Just, I just paid fifty cents for just the box. Just board, yeah. yeah. There's, just, there's just like, Is it like there's, taped up. There's board. Just I can't believe you didn't even open. It. I there's, always open my board. I did in open the it. Store I did open it because but I got. It, there is a board in there. My there's some Simpsons pieces. operation but brand there, new from there well, for like four dollars. There's also the better version. This is like the cheaper version of the Jumanji board okay. game, where it's just yeah. They actually board. have like a yeah. They have the wood one. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the more expensive one that I've seen. Both. And besides, I have opened it. I have looked at it. When I was talking about it earlier, it was more of a joke saying that I didn't want to open it because the animals could come that. out and stuff. Okay. <sighs> Anyways, 1996, we get the Birdcage. He plays a character named Armand Goldman. It's about a gay cabaret owner uh, and his drag queen companion agree to put up a false straight front so their son can be introduced to their fiance's right-wing moralistic parents. Played by Diane Weist and Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane co-stars. This movie's hilarious. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. It's it's pretty funny. I have not it's seen different it for Williams, through. but not really because he's always played kind of funny characters. But yeah, and Nathan Lane is a genius at improving and ad libbing. So having yeah. them together, perfect. And then you got now, those two I'm over wrong. the top. Maybe I'm wrong. Versus is this like when. Nathan Lane like kind of mm-hmm. came out but yeah. didn't really come out right yeah because back in those times time. it wasn't really you know mm-hmm. accepted or whatever right yeah now I've only seen bits and pieces of this movie though it is pretty funny the, the scenes and stuff that I've seen I'm like yeah I'd watch it I just you know haven't gone to rewatch it Jesse's laughing at something funny. Well, that's because know. Josh is tickling my feet under the table. <laughs> and... <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get you 
Right. And I was like, no, you're not drunk. <laughs> I was laughing. I told you about this, sir. I was laughing because I could hear Chester whining, and I texted her. I was like, I can hear Chester. You know, I thought he was at the bottom of the stairs. Well, then here comes Josh upstairs, and he comes and lets Chester you come in. Behind? Chester was at the back door. You want to come behind me? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, only yeah. because you said it like that. It's the holiday season. We're talking season. about the birdcage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time, but I remember liking it because. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, but yeah. it's been a while, and it wasn't one I could rewatch because I couldn't get yeah. access to it. Well, if you ever want to revisit it, you know, you I it. asked you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you just ordered a bunch of Robin Williams? <laughs> no, I went to Traders because they had a deal. It was buy three DVDs, get like six free, and they had it there. <laughs> Okay. This was this was after you asked me for Williams movies. Anyways, the lead, right. the lead part was actually originally offered to Steve Martin, but he turned it down. Obviously. Oh, that would have been great though. That would have been great too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we're still in '96. We get the movie Jack, where he plays Jack Powell. Oh, I it's because that. of an unusual disorder. Jack ages four times faster than the typical human being. Mm-hmm. It's a weird entry for director Francis Ford Coppola. <clears throat> and he's uh, he's since got like made fun of for making this movie. The guy who did The Godfather did this movie, yeah. and but Ford uh, Coppola has just been defending it and saying I was proud to do this movie. So you know, I know unpopular. I remember opinion. liking this movie. I actually enjoyed this movie. Right. And I thought Robin Williams did great. Is he believable as an adult child? Yes. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Like. People oh, said that it's not because he looks too old, and I'm like, isn't that the point? That is the is point. Is he supposed to look like a grown man? Yes, you know? yes. Like, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really great. I used to actually watch this movie a lot, too. So. Yeah. Plus, actually, that condition is real. It's called, uh, I might mispronounce it, I just wrote it down, progeria. It's a real-life condition that causes rapid aging, but the average lifespan is actually 13. The oldest recorded lifespan of this uh, condition, as of 2018, was 30. Oh, wow. But it is a real thing that it's based on. That's got to be tough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To prepare for the role, uh, Francis Ford Coppola gave Robin Williams uh, camping gear to spend the night in his backyard and 10 bucks to spend at Toys R Us. Oh, so he wasn't getting nothing from Toys R Us. I was just thinking candy. that. I literally was just thinking that. I'm like, what the hell can you candy? buy for $10 even yeah, back then? Just to make like, make oh, like, like thought... you're a kid. You're not going to yeah. have more than $10 to spend at Toys R Us. What? Um, Depends no, on how much chores you did and what your allowance was. And well, if you had a birthday. Uh, and he and Robin only agreed to play this or play this character after Disney apologized to him for breaking their promise to keep his name out of the marketing for Aladdin, uh, like that whole Disney dispute. But is but at that time Disney finally said, "Our bad." Yeah, well, <laughs> so, good, good for them. But this next one is the the one that's set in stone of the, of of uh, Robin and Disney being one again. And that is the third movie of Aladdin, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, where Robin Great came, movie. Robin came back to voice mm-hmm. Genie. Uh, he did not play the Genie in Return of Jafar. That went to Dan Castellana, Homer Simpson. It is very similar, I it will admit. It was also the show. The Aladdin show was Dan Castellana, yeah, too. That is, it is a very similar Genie. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can tell. Oh, yeah. You know. But Dan Castellana is so talented, too. Oh, yeah. Racing. And I loved the show. Mm-hmm. I used to watch the show a lot. And that I and the Little Mermaid show. As well. So, yeah. 
Uh, but after a contract dispute with Disney over likeness rights, Robin agreed to return for this film as the voice for a million dollars after he received an apology from Joe Roth for Disney breaching an agreement not to use his voice to merchandise products inspired by the first movie. As a result, many of the ideas were, that were not used in Aladdin could be retried in the making in this film. The crazy thing is Dan Castellana actually recorded all the dialogue for the genie in this movie, as he did with the second one, but once Robin took the part, they threw away those recording <laughs> sessions. So it's crazy. He already had yeah. it down and ready to go in case Robin didn't want to come back. Yeah. I, um, sorry, just random thought. Sure. Uh, when I was four... You had ten dollars and went to Toys R Us. No, I oh. got a genie, like stuffed animal, like uh -huh. type thing, and it was like my favorite thing. And I took that thing everywhere. I slept with it. I took it everywhere I went. I loved that thing. Okay, shut up. I was four years old. What are you eating? <laughs> are you eating your turkey? bag of chicken? <laughs> I got. I got to share this with the. I got. I know. But the listeners don't know this scenario. So Alan picked me up today because I'm having car issues. I got to take it to the shop tomorrow, and I put. I'm putting my stuff in the back seat, and I see. I see a Ziploc bag full of chicken just sitting on the back seat, and I'm like, "Is that chicken?" And he's like, "Yeah." I didn't eat Shredded, much today, and I got some chicken. <laughs> just in case I get hungry. Ryan, man. Oh, my God. Shit. <laughs> so you had a stuffed genie. I got nothing to bother. Anyway, that was it. I it just love that man. thing. Sometimes you be hungry, you know what I'm saying? No, I know, but it was just, she didn't know. <laughs> no, so so I know. funny. It's just but you did. So <laughs> I did. So funny. You didn't cover for me, alright? <laughs> she said, What are you eating? <laughs> like, I went to her fridge and personally was like pulling out her. That's not what I meant. I'm like, You eat a cookie and you're not sharing? Okay. It was like. It was, like, your it was like you doing that that version of Baby on that the uh, what was that the uh, the Breakfast Club? He was like, like he was like, y'all done, you finish. But you was just like, you eating or you cooking? And I was like, I'm just trying to snack at my home. <laughs> Why y'all talking? Oh my god, that was so funny. I was like, you know, I just you know, I got home from work and I had that much time. And I was like, I know I'm gonna it's be okay. hungry a little bit. Okay. It's okay, but you know have some cake. I brought some cake. Yeah. I'm Have some eggnog. I know, but you know, chop me in the healthy roll. Nothing compared to a bag of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like you're over there in the corner, just kind of. I know. I was just like, what are you With the mics, with the mics, I was like, I'm not trying to be here with it. I was like, I'm not. Because you go, you hear the the bag, and you go hear the. But it's almost like you were trying to do it in secret. Over well, there yeah, because I was trying to be sensitive. <laughs> And that's why I was like, what are you not sharing? <laughs> you bring enough for everybody? Oh, you ain't bring gifts, but you brought food, huh? I'm like, well, you, what? For yourself. I mean, yeah, that's, why that's okay. That's okay. I forgive you. Snack bag. That's just so fucking so funny. funny. Oh, my God. Thanks, Alan. I needed yes, that. Thank I got you. hungry, man. I was yeah. like, I need some of that chicken. <laughs> Just sitting here and you're so much like... Oh, right, I'm just like, oh, I just need something to make a little bit. <laughs> but moving on, mm -hmm. we get a adaptation of Hamlet in 1996 where he played Osric. Uh, yeah. This... What? You, what? The names? Osric. Oh, I'm like... Think about your bag of chicken. I was like, you want some of this chicken? <laughs> While you was you gonna, doing your reading, you, I was like, He's just passing it out. You want some of this? 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 Want some of this?
So Hamlet's been adapted a ton of times, but this apparently was one of the first, or, or is the first full-length movie version of Hamlet uh, by hmm. Kenneth Branagh. And it's one of the longest movies, uh, longest Hollywood movies at four hours and two minutes. Yeah, that's too much. This yeah. one also has Bill, Billy Crystal is also in it as well. And now, that was split up and made into a TV series. Now we're talking. But four-hour just movie? No. Yeah, Thank you. Much, Why does that make sense? I don't know. It doesn't make sense, and it's hilarious, and I'm always going to argue that. It's fine. Uh, uh, 1997, we do get um, Billy Crystal and Robin together in a starring role called Father's Day. He plays character Dale Putley. It's about a woman who cons two old boyfriends into searching for her runaway son by convincing them that they are the boy's father. Who is the son in this? I can't remember. I didn't write it down. I feel like, I don't know why I keep picturing the kid from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but... What kid from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The kid, April's son, or nephew, or whoever he is. From, what? What? <laughs> Even the listeners that will be hearing this will be like, what? The live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that kid, that they're oh, that's just stay. Oh, no, that's just some kid that is a trouble. That's this oh. kid that's troubled, that's teetering on the uh, the decision to join the Foot Clan. Danny. Danny, that, that was so her boss's son. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, I said, I said, or April's something. Son. Whatever. Well, I mean, but in her defense, that does make sense because they were both redheads. Fair. That does make sense. That's fair, but yep. still, it just April's mm -hmm. son in Ninja Turtles. Oh my God, it just, whatever. Mm -hmm. Blasphemous. Blasphemous. Okay, this is not what I was thinking. Okay, just moving on. Anyway. Just kidding. You want to get in on this uh, shredded chicken? Or uh, did we see Father's Day? Did we see this movie? Anybody? Um, saw a when long it first came time out. ago. Yeah, yeah, same. I thought it was okay. I like both I, of these actors. I don't really remember. I remember bits and pieces, you mm -hmm. know, and um, but it wasn't something that I just ran to go rewatch. But. Mm -hmm. I might revisit it just because I don't same, remember it. Same, but. With the time that I had, I had to be picky this and fair. choosy. So. This is fair. Mm -hmm. 97, we get a Woody Allen movie, Deconstructing Harry. Where Robin plays a guy named Mel. This is a typical Woody Allen story. Suffering from writer's block and eagerly awaiting his writing award, Harry Block remembers events from his past and previous books as characters real and fiction come back to haunt him. Did this movie have Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it? I don't remember. But it is the debut of Jennifer Garner. What was it called? Deconstructing Harry. Yeah, I know that movie title. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and she was in a, a yes. Woody. Yep. There yep. we go. That mm -hmm. is it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shout out to moms. She owned this movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was a specific scene or two in there. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Those of us, those of you who have been listening uh, this whole time and know uh, what Alan is uh, referring, referring to. to with his little Snickers, we don't have to go any further than that. <laughs> well, it's on Peacock if anyone wants to watch it. Peacock. See, <laughs> you're just gonna keep going. All right, so 97, we get another famous one, and with Disney, and that is the newer adaptation of The Absent-Minded Professor, we get Flubber, where he plays Professor Philip Brainerd. Uh, this movie is a flub. 
Like please, a flop. Pleasing. Okay. But a flub. A flub. They, they flubbed. It, just, it was <laughs> They so... totally flubbed this one. There was an awkward silence. <laughs> I applaud you for the attempt. I know. It was even funnier. I was silent just because I was looking at you. <laughs> I was like, it was. It did not do as well as it could have. It did do well. This and I was not so really. wanted it to be over. Really? I, feel bad. I remember seeing this it's, in theaters as a kid. Yeah, me too. And I don't think I saw it in theaters, right? but I, we definitely wanted it. Yeah, I remember out. seeing this in theaters. I saw it in theaters too. Yeah. I did not. Didn't do and good. Christopher yeah. McDonald almost um, backed out playing the uh, villain, villainous character. He almost backed out because his character was too similar to uh, Shooter McGavin. Yeah, I was say, he just needed but, to play bad people. But him. at yeah. the time, when he was... Well, he cons- when he was, like Well, he just has that face. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, just he does eat pieces just, of shit like you for breakfast. Yeah. You know, so. It's like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, just be the villain most of the time. But at the time, when he was deciding that, Robin Williams wasn't casted because they were also looking at Jeff Goldblum, Tim Allen, John Lithgow, and Patrick Stewart to play the character. <laughs> uh-huh. But then once Robin actually got it Christopher McDonald's like alright I'll do it <laughs> just to work with Robin Williams so yeah. I mean that's cool yeah maybe this one I have to revisit because I haven't seen it in forever but I didn't really care for it as it's a kid either it's not great revisiting it either so. and, it's, and it's no disrespect to the filmmakers or Robin Williams or anybody like that it's just not it's one of my not favorites not for me yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I'm going to take a quote yeah. right out of Jesse it's not my favorite but... I didn't hate it but I didn't like it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I no, okay. I mean, so ninety seven, we get the really big one for him, and five. that is good. Goodwill Hunting <laughs> plays the character of Sean. He actually won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this movie. Mm-hmm. There is a famous scene in the movie where uh, Robin Williams and Matt Damon are on a bench having their conversation uh, in that uh, Boston Public Garden. <laughs> That bench is Last now time. an actual memorial site dedicated to Robin Aww, Williams. Oh, that's sweet. I mean, he did win the Oscar for this movie, so it was his only Oscar win in his career. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you like them apples? From Boston. <laughs> From Boston. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck right wrote they this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting the cat. They were trying to find many, many different studios to pick it up, and then finally Miramax got it. So. Mm-hmm. I did rewatch this because it's been a while, so I like forgot a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only seen half of this. Like movie. I forgot Minnie Driver was in it. Yeah, I like her. I do too. Yeah. Which is weird. You don't see her enough, yeah. you know. And well, I mean, hmm, what? She's like Andy McDowell. Like I like both of them. They're, they're kind of similar features or whatever, but it's no. you don't see a lot of them. She's in a different movie. With is she in a different movie with Matt Damon? Who? Minnie Driver. Uh, or someone liked him. Okay, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, moving on. I remember her in Sleepers. That was Brad Pitt. It was another like college love movie or something. Well, there was uh, Gross Point Blank that she was in was John Cusack. No. Mm. Oh, yes, Goodwill Hunting. I do want to see the Goodwill Hunting two hunting season that they parodied in the Jay and Silent Pop movie. I thought mm-hmm. that was funny. Um, 1998, we get What Dreams May Come. He plays the character Chris Nielsen. Um, this movie's sad as hell. I was just going to say, I remember watching this when it came out. Yeah. And it was depressing as all hell. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, why am I watching this movie? And I've watched that movie like three times probably. It's sad as hell. It 
sounds and it's like what confusing. I think I come. kept watching it because I I was confused a lot of the times too. But I also watched it as a kid. So, and the you know, watching, I've wife. never watched it as an adult. So the woman who played his wife was also in Cadillac Man with him. <laughs> um, Which one? I, I I can't remember. I just saw it. What? You're laughing at this very depressing movie about no, death and mourning. Because you were like, I remember, I wish I remembered the name of the character. And the theme was like, well, you know, previously we had talked about like characters we can't remember from Ron. <laughs> so like you said it on top of each other. It was like, yeah, there's a lot of his movies. So like we can't remember other characters in his movies. Mm -hmm. That's what I was like. Mm -hmm. yeah. April's son. Oh my god, I'm never going to live that down. I totally regret that because I knew he wasn't her son. I don't know why so much. I'm just messing with Whatever. But this one also has Cuba Gooding Jr. in it as well. There's a cool little Cuba. cool little fact about this. Uh, maybe maybe you know because you're a photographer. But uh, this is one of the few films shot on Fuji Velvia st uh, film stock. Uh, Velvia is a type of film used most frequently for still photography of landscapes and other subjects because of, because of its very high color saturation. Rewind. You know, I talk a lot in these episodes. It's okay <laughs> to flub. I've just got to give I mean, you shit because it's my job. Right? Flub. <laughs> flub for sure. Okay. I stand by that. I do want to revisit this one, not because it's crazy that I want to watch something extremely depressing, but I do remember the visuals being Same. Really like, I want to watch it as an adult mm -hmm. and not, you know, as a kid. So I want it, like, a fresh perspective. Um, but it And you say again, you saw this, but you just saw the preview. It was one I just had to rent, though. No, I never saw it mm. fully. Just the trailer. Because yeah. mm -hmm. it was, like, a waterfall behind him. Mm -hmm. and it was, like, all oh, this crazy stuff. Like like yeah, like, it was, like, a painting. It was either him or Cuba had, like, on a fedora. Or, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the afterlife. Someone was wearing a hat. Someone had a it beard. It was a little mm -hmm. confusing. Yeah. But... There was a scene of people flying. Yeah. Which is interesting because if you really look, you'll see Peter Pan and Mary Poppins. I'm telling there. you. Mm -hmm. One of them was walking up that <laughs> mind bender. Mm -hmm. uh, we get another big one for him, and that is Patch Adams in 98, where he plays the lead character, mm -hmm. Hunter Patch Adams, which is based on a true story. Um, originally offered to Bill Murray first. Turned it down, of course. That would have been... And Robin really only took this role because he declined the lead in Liar Liar that was offered to him first. I'm kind of grateful. I love Robin Williams. Don't get me wrong. He probably would have done great, but Jim Carrey in Liar Liar mm -hmm. is amazing. And this, like Good Morning Vietnam, uh, the real Patch Adams does make a cameo in the film. I can't remember who he plays, but he hated this movie. <laughs> and he hated the way Robin played him. So... But I like this movie. Also, it's, it it's very time. funny. Uh, we get the late Philip Seymour Hoffman in there as well. But then, like, towards the end, it takes a dark, twisted turn that just That's out of nowhere. Oh, I know. And I have been asking sad. this for a long time just to myself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he was a doctor. And I'm like, boy, wasn't there a dark end? Like, a there was dark a dark ending, moment, yes. Like... Wasn't uh -huh. that the ending, but it was towards like the end? Like, you think that, that it's a comedy, but then yeah. it's not. It was for, like, It was for a while. 90% of the movie, yeah. and then, like, the last 10% of the movie just went dark. Yeah. And you were like, wait, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. I no, think it I was agree. the catalyst of Robin making more darker material. Now, granted, this is a true story, so it doesn't really count. But after this, we do see some more darkness yeah. in Robin's filmography. So, 
especially with the next one in 1999, we get his character Jacob in Jacob the Liar. Uh, it's take place during World War Never, II. He's an ordinary this. inhabitant of a ghetto that that uh, fakes news about Allied offensives uh, in hope uh, to inspire hope for other victims of the Nazi regime. So it is like a uh, Holocaust type movie, and he just finds a radio and keeps it hidden and does his does a radio thing, but kind of spreads false stories to give people that are stuck there hope until you know. Some bad things happened. It had a very similar tone and subject to the movie Life is Beautiful by Robert Benini, which I talked about in our tearjerker episode. Oh, okay. So this is, it's a good performance. It's just, God, it's like what dreams may come where it's like, it's, it's good, but you can't watch it often because it's pretty, pretty sad. <laughs> it sounds just, really It's sad. a sad story and, you know, they give him, he gives him all this hope, which is great and endearing, but it's like. This is during like World War II with the yeah, Nazis, so it's yeah. like a false hope in a, in a way. Uh. All right, 1999, we get Bicentennial Man. He plays the android Andrew. Android? Andrew? Uh, who wants to become human, so he gradually acquires emotions. It's based on a story by Isaac Asimov. Did we enjoy Bicentennial Man? I never saw it. Hmm. I just watched this for the first time, and I actually enjoyed it. Um, I know a lot of people think it's a little strange, but... It is, yes. But... I, I thought it was great. Because I think it had themes in it, but I haven't seen it it's in a while, so I long. can't really... Yeah. Where it's like, is it for kids? But there's stuff going on here that's not for kids, is it... I wouldn't say it's for kids. Mm. I have to revisit it. Maybe, I saw it in theaters. Maybe like 10 and older, or if, um, you know. <laughs> Okay. Maybe 13 and older. I do want to revisit it by Centennial Mountain. Yeah, I, was for, I watched it free on, I think, 2B. Nice. I think I have it on VHS. <laughs> uh, he did voice a robot in AI Artificial Intelligence in 2001, which is a very divided movie. I actually really like this I movie. I still have not seen that. I know we talked about it in our AI episode. But... Yeah, and it's it's interesting, especially because I read a little more into the history of it with like being it was a Stanley Kubrick film at first, and he worked on it for like two decades, and then he died. But he collaborated with Spielberg to and wanted Spielberg to direct it, so they kind of collaborated together, but they both have... Com com like complete opposite types of tone and the movie does have some bright and colorful things that you think Spielberg would do and then it's got some dark and twisted things that you think Kubrick would do but in actuality it's the opposite all the dark and twisted stuff came from Spielberg and all the lighthearted stuff came from Kubrick <laughs> it's interesting but he does play the voice of a robot in there named Dr. No spelled K-N-O-W oh, okay. and it's funny the, the film was actually originally just called AI but apparently too many people thought it was A1. <laughs> <laughs> so 2002 marks the first of three dark roles for, for our buddy Robin. And that starts with One Hour Photo. He plays Seymour Sai Parrish, which oddly has the same last name as his character from Jumanji. I wonder if that is him. He wanted a career change and be a, an obsessive yeah, photo weirdo. developer. <laughs> Uh, no one's seen this. This is about a mentally unstable photo developer that targets an upper middle class family after his obsession with them becomes more sick and disturbing than any of them could imagine. Yeah, it's disturbing. Okay. Second so, time he dyed his hair blonde after Pop. This was one I rented because I have always wanted to see this. I've never seen it. I've heard very, you know, various things about it. Okay. So, I was 
literally uncomfortable <laughs> the entire oh, yeah. movie. He was good. Like, second-hand oh, yeah. yeah. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that is the... Like, I just had so much, like, anxiety watching mm-hmm. this. Very good. Proud of you. <laughs> oh my god but robin williams performance was amazing mm-hmm. i will give him that like it was amazing because yep. you know he's the one who made you uncomfortable and mm-hmm. you believed it and it, it was very uncomfortable I mean, it was so different for him i watched you this last night and really late i'm surprised i actually stayed up and watched it but the thing um, about robin for me was for me for me, like for he me was a personally, com- for me, he did stand up and he was a comedic actor. But in all honesty, on like when he did these dramatic roles where it was creepy and like it made you feel creepy, mm-hmm. I was like, he was really good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good at not that. Not many people can mm-hmm. do that, or at least comedians. not many, not many. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, at the Sundance Film Festival when this premiered, uh, people have commented that they completely forgot it was Robin Williams. Yeah, because yeah, he just minutes, looked like a normal photo, you know. And that's amazing. Photogenic. That's a good and Robin right heard there. that, was so happy with well, Yeah, that. good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he, Ew. that's what he was going for, you know. Yeah, he great. put himself out there. It was great. And it it turned, it, it went, it blah, 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 yeah, Did something even, that yeah. defied it so expectations. Great. It worked out. It was great. I couldn't think of the right wording. And I used to <laughs> I have really to go to those one-hour photo mats when I was a kid to get pictures developed. And yeah, those guys are kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. I went to, we always went to Walmart and uh, it was always like some teenage We didn't girl, have a Walmart you know? when I was a kid. We had Meyer. Oh, no. I didn't we, know what Walmart was. Walmart Photo Center. And this one aspect, I compared um, Robin Williams and Philip Seymour Hoffman, where they can... Do comedic and then oh, dark yeah. and yeah. make you creep. Yeah. Either you like know, punch drunk love. Yeah, like they yeah. could do either or and make you or believe not. they were either this happy go lucky character or this dark character yeah. and creep you the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yes, the master. Yeah, uh, that one with Hoffman. Yeah, Dude, I don't know if I'd ever watch this again. <laughs> what the one so photo? Yeah, yeah, it's not something that's you know. Yeah, you don't, you don't turn to no, but it was um, worth the watch. Philip had that one was the master. Yeah, yeah, was like, the no, master was, was really creepy. I wouldn't. Yeah. I've watched it, but I was like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, but like with, that, but. with Philip, it was like him and um, what was that Ben Stiller movie with um Jennifer? Anderson. Along came Polly. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was yeah. just like raindrops. <laughs> But he was he was so much funnier than Ben Still in that movie. I was just like yeah. this dude he's just, good. He's, he's that really talented. Good. Like, he, he can take over a, an entire movie, but as a he's side also character. been they've been talking like with the Mission Impossible series that he was the best villain out of all the dude, Mission Impossible him, movies. Yes, him as a villain in MI six? Mm-hmm. In the third one. He was the villain in the third one. Anyways, I uh, what Jack, I know. Jack Nicholson was actually offered the role first for one hour photo. So what? I would have been, I would have wanted to see that because a lot of these ones movies where they say they offer Jack Nicholson was offered the role. I I kind of want to go to that alternate universe to see these original actors like to see what it would have been like. 
I'm what? happy with what we got, but I kind of curious for one hour photo. for one hour photo. I would have oh, been yeah. kind of curious to see. So also in the same year. So he, in you know this, who, in this I'm sorry. You know who else would have actually been kind of good in that role? Robert De Niro. Which role? One hour photo. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I could see him being a creeper photo yeah. guy. <laughs> I have no. Will you vote me? That's all I see. That's all I. Know. You can just see him being a creepo mm -hmm. weirdo. So. For sure. Mm -hmm. So this 2002 is the year he did these three dark movies, and it started with one-hour photo. The next one was Death to Smoochie, where he plays Rainbow Randall. Oh, I wanted to watch this so bad. I've never this seen This movie I've flubbed never seen so bad. Yep. It actually it was oh, under the thanks. company of uh, Film 4, and that company went under because of this movie oh, tanking. Wow. This is was it directed. Good? It's extremely dark. Uh, comedy and Danny DeVito directed it. So if you've seen Danny DeVito's movies like mm -hmm. Duplex, Throw Mom from the Train, and things oh, like no, that, no, I can't stand Duplex. He has a different niche with his stuff, but this movie one is just me. interesting. It's because... funny and I love it. Don't okay, I mean, everyone say I love it, but um, it's like one of those movies where I like like, but I also don't like him. And, and it's fair. It's okay. I, I go around to watch it. I, I don't. We can we can fight off, yeah, off stage. You. You know, no, I saying. love Death Smoochie. It's so dark and twisted, and his character Rainbow Randolph is, in my opinion, just as insane and uh, insane, insane mm -hmm. and mentally messed up as the side character from One Hour Photo. Only in Death Smoochie, it's side way more guy. over the top. Um. I said, Sigh the photo guy. Sigh the photo guy. But this one, yes, he plays Rainbow Randolph, who is a kid's show host on a show. and uh, But, you know, he's really good with kids. He's really fun. He's happy, dancing, whatever. But his real life is he is a criminal, a drug addict, and just a horrible person. And we get um, Edward Norton, <laughs> who's just this guy that dresses like Barney the Dinosaur and sits in subways singing songs to people, entertaining people. And some agent finds him and is like, give this guy his own show. Cancel Rainbow Randolph. So then it becomes like a competition. And Rainbow Randolph really takes it personally. And it goes mm -hmm. in a really dark direction. Yeah, it, it's, it's one that I've always wanted to see. So, But I, it was between that and one hour photo. It's fair. I was going to get them both, but I, I didn't have the time. That's fair. So. Well, I still recommend the, the watch at some point. Uh, Jim Carrey was attached to star in it, but he dropped it for the Majestic. Roger um, he Ebert would have been great in that, I think, too. Roger Ebert said this was the worst movie of 2002. Oh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> it didn't ruin Devito because he did go off and make Duplex, and he still made stuff, Bad or and he's not, still I popular. Still watch it just once. So the other dark role that he did was Christopher Nolan's Insomnia. He played the character Walter Finch. It's about two L.A. homicide detectives. They're dispatched to investigate the methodical murder of a local teen. Uh, this is a, it's a very dark role for him. Plus, he got a chance to work with Christopher Nolan and Al Pacino and Hilary Swank. It's a good movie. Okay. Where uh, Pacino's character has insomnia. Can't, can't sleep. Uh, Nolan had to deal with his leads very differently. Pacino insisted on meticulous preparation. Robin preferred hardly any rehearsal. And then Swank wished only a few takes, but be completely focused. So it was a juggle for him to get with everybody's tastes and how they do things. Worth the watch. It's one of his least memorable ones of Nolan's filmography that a lot of the Nolan fanatics love. So... Worth the from watch, the though. From the perspective of Nolan movies? Like... Are you talking about from the Robin Williams? Nolan <clears throat> movies. 
It's one of his lesser-known, well, lesser-talked-about ones of his stuff. Well, yeah, but you could say the same thing about, uh, what was the other one? Memento? Actually, I hear about I Memento feel... more than Insomnia. Well, I'm talking about pre-Bale, Bat-verse, that trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, in 2004, we get a character similar to his one-hour photo character just by the job, and that's the Another final one. cut, where he plays Alan Hackman. It's set in a, it has an interesting plot uh, synopsis. It's set in yeah. a world where, with memory-recording implants, Alan is a, Alan, is a cutter, <laughs> someone Man. with the power of final edit over people's recorded histories, but his latest assignment is one that puts him in danger. Oh, no. <laughs> it, has, it's, it sounds like the girl who can't remember anything. He has a connection to her that puts them both in danger, is what you said earlier. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay, thank you. That again. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Um, this one, I, he does fine in it. And like I said, it's an interesting concept. But I, I rate this like I did the movie Downsizing. which They're completely different movies. But like, both have really cool, fascinating uh, plot synopsises. But the execution was just... Yeah, <laughs> I think I watched the trailer for this, and I was like, mm, "I'll watch something else." One hour photo is better for that. sure. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand four, he plays a character named Pappas in House of D, uh, which is written and directed by David oh. Dutchovny. This, uh, this was one that I wanted to watch, but I didn't get a chance to. I didn't get a chance to watch it either. Oh, I am. Oh, I own it, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. you do. That's great. Now, I'm sure that this next one in 2004 you guys have probably seen. Hence, it looks like a cheesy Christmas movie, but it's not really considered, I don't think, a Hallmark Shots Christmas fired. movie. And that's Noel with Paul Walker. And... Isn't he very small? So yeah. He's the priest. Uh, so another priest character. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. watch this because of that. Because I knew he that. was like a very tiny How dare you? And he took shot at us. I like did. For so... like a cheesy... Christmas movies. Well, I didn't know if it was considered a Hallmark movie or if it was an actual legitimate Christmas movie. I have no idea. I've never seen it. Fair. 2005, we get Robots by uh, DreamWorks, which I really liked. I love this movie. Um, It was supposed to have a sequel, because it did pretty well. And it has a great um, supporting cast too, with with uh, Rob. We get Lily and Ewan McGregor, and 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 you know, like Drew Carey and stuff like that. What? (laughs) You laughing at? I can't laugh. Yeah, but yeah, but I want to know why. I was just laughing because I like this movie. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> well, it was supposed to have a sequel, nice. but they didn't want to go for it because they wanted to concentrate on the the company's biggest property, and that was Ice Age. Ugh. Or not Ice Age. Um, this isn't DreamWorks. This is Fox. It's because it's from the creators of Ice Age. <sighs> <laughs> I flubbed. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Either way, I liked robots. I'm <laughs> <laughs> human. I was like, you like I flubbed. I was like, I'm, I'm still gonna was, wait. You gotta wait, Google right? that later because it's I gonna was just bother me. You so. like intervene with the correct thing, and you just like no, but I'm no, like, it's I, not DreamWorks. I like robots. It's not DreamWorks. DreamWorks is Madagascar and Kung Fu Panda. This one is Fox Animation Studios, which is Ice Age. And uh, they thought they would make another one like as big as Ice Age, but it just 
It didn't uh, okay. hit as big as Ice Age, so that's why they concentrated on more of the Ice Age sequels oh, okay. instead of making. Yeah, I got it. Now. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a lot of these animation studios that I do <laughs> yeah. mix up. It's okay. I'm human. Thank you. All right, still in the same year, 2005, we get a movie called The Big White, which I actually really wanted to see. Oh, I wanted to watch this too. Uh, the character I was going to watch Barnell. it today, but I, don't, I picked Cadillac Man, and I was already halfway <laughs> through, and I'm like, shit, there was another one I wanted to watch instead. Uh, I didn't have time. To remedy his financial problems, a travel agent has his eye on a frozen corpse, which happens to be sought after by two hitmen. Uh, no, this one looked good. This one looks like a... This is a free a... one you can watch somewhere okay, or cool. something. It's, yeah, it's on a streaming service somewhere. And I remember it, too, when it came out, and I just didn't get a chance to yeah. watch it. But there is something about this... I think it's Peacock this... or Paramount or something like that. Okay. Alan has to laugh every time he hears mm -hmm. Peacock, I just noticed. Um... Peacocky. <laughs> uh, this movie, though, apparently was a catalyst for something that kind of hurt Williams uh, from here on out because apparently the, oh, no. so the movie is filmed in like Alaska so apparently being isolated and it cold it is peacocky hmm? it is peacocky okay. okay apparently being isolated and cold on, on the Alaska set of the movie it actually contributed to him returning to drinking after 20 years sober why because it was so cold yeah, it was so cold and they were isolated and it just he couldn't take it anymore Aww. I guess yeah. One year later, The Night Listener. He plays a character named Gabriel Noon. This was another one I wanted to see. I don't know if I remember this one. In the midst of his crumbling relationship, a radio show host, there he is on the radio again, uh, begins speaking to his biggest fan, a young boy, via the telephone. But when questions about the boy's identity comes up, the host's life is thrown into chaos. Oh, danger. Danger. Yeah. Danger. Seems to be a theme. It is. Robin Williams. But yeah. So a lot of these movies from here on out are mo you know hit or miss for most people. I mean, yeah. he really peaked in the in the eighties and nineties with his stuff, and that's not nothing against him. Like I still love him. Oh, I for still sure. miss him. Yeah. And some of these are great, like this next one in two thousand six, RV, which I saw in theaters. Oh, I he wanted to rewatch this, but again, mm -hmm. I couldn't get it. It wasn't mm -hmm. streaming. It was on Netflix for the longest time. Yeah. But of course, when I want to watch it. I Netflix. totally forgot about this movie, and I've owned it since it came out, and I should have yeah. brought it to you. I remember I liking it when I first watched it, you know, but the I was kind of younger, so. It's a great it is. movie. Yeah. It's a it great is. watch for I love the over-the-top performance. Yeah, yeah, you just like, you everyone watch Robin being funny. There. Yeah, you got JoJo. The rest of the movie could suck, but yeah. he's like, I just want to watch Robin being yeah. funny. This is one of those movies. You got PETA in there. And you got Cheryl Hines. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Daniels. And her fucking like, big teeth. Their family that. was so great. They were so over the top. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Daniels goes like It's like, like a milder uh, Where the Millers. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, without no the drugs. drugs. No yeah. drugs. Or the wow. Millers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I liked it. And I saw it in theaters. I mm -hmm. do want to revisit it soon. Same. Uh, this next one is an animated film I never saw, but I remember it. And that's Everyone's Hero. In 2006. And he just, Baseball one? Yep. Just plays the voice of a character named Napoleon Cross, but he was uncredited, so we're moving on to the big one of that year, and that's Man of the Year. He plays Tom Dobbs. It's a comedian who hosts a news satire program, decides to run for president, and a computerized voting machine malfunctions and actually gets him elected. This was one I also wanted to watch, and I didn't get a chance to. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get to see it. Sorry, Robin. Sorry. 
But we we've seen a lot of your other ones. Uh, Robin did base his performance on his own stand-up, a mixture of his own stand-up and Jay Leno's stand-up. And Howard Stern was actually offered the part first. It's interesting. Mm. I I enjoyed Howard Stern and his his movie, the private parts. That was pretty funny. Uh, other big one. Uh, there's actually a couple more big ones, but there are kids ones that came out in the same year. We get Happy Feet. Ramon, I believe is his name. I never saw Happy Feet, but it's so it's, funny to it's me. Okay. The Happy Feet is the same director of Mad Max, all the Mad Max movie, movies, and funny. Fury Road. George Miller did the Happy, Happy Feet, Feet movies. Happy Feet is really cute, don't get me wrong. And the animation's like, really and, good and, looking. And, you know, the, the little penguins are adorable as always, <sighs> but it's just not a movie that I, I seek out to is watch. Is it a musical? Or, no. Okay. No. Is it an animated kid movie? Well, I know yeah. that, but I'm yeah. like, is it a... But they do have okay. some music, but not like... sequences Not or excessive. Yeah. Not that I remember, mm. but I, I also haven't seen... Actually, I think I did see the second mm. one, but... I was surprised they even made a second one. Yeah, it's not one that I seek out to watch. I remember how huge it was when it came out, though. Oh, for oh, sure. So oh, yeah, kids loved it. And then the second it. one came out. But, you know, I like, wasn't hey. a kid when it came out, so <laughs> maybe fair. I would have thought yeah. differently if it came out in the 90s, you know. But, but that's not always true, because even as adults, we can enjoy some kids' movies. Oh, for which, sure. I still watch kids' movies. I, I This same one that I came out. I watch them without the kids around. The you know? same year, and that is Night at the Museum, where Robin plays Teddy Roosevelt. I think I do love this movie. Actually, I did rewatch this recently before we decided to do this episode, and then I watched the second one. I did not watch the third one mm -hmm. though. They're all entertaining. It, this is one of those series where it's like just goofy over the top. Oh yeah, and yeah. if you watch the first one, you gotta keep watching them. It's just because those characters come back that you love. I love uh, Robin's. Teddy Roosevelt and I love like Owen Wilson and uh, the other guys, oh, the yeah. cowboys, oh, yeah. and, like, the, and the Roman, British, the Roman yeah. soldier, like, and then you watch the sequels just to see those characters again. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do like this movie. Um, but yeah, no, he was great. The different kinds of Teddy Roosevelt. I think in one, he was just like the, a statue, like a head. Like one yeah, of the in the second one because um, he the real one got left behind because they were moving to the Smithsonian, the Smithsonian, <laughs> Smithsonian. <laughs> uh, but no, um, so they had to take the tablet with them, or or they were going to leave the tablet with Roosevelt, but the monkey stole it. Mm. So Alan is out of the room, but maybe you can hear me. Alan, do you like Night at the Museum? I fucking loved it, man. There we go. No one could hear him. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he sounded. Uh, 2007, we get Licensed to Wed, where he plays Reverend Frank. Another priest-like right. character. This one's got John Krasinski and... Megan... Or, uh, Megan... Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore. <laughs> Megan. Yes. I think I've seen this once, but I don't. Yeah, remember. same. I remember it was kind of annoying because, like, no matter what they did to try to get their license, like it's, it's just like it's one a mishap wedding after comedy rom com. And... License to wed. Did you see this one? Oh, it's one of the best rom coms ever made. Fair. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> yes, Mandy Moore and uh, what's his name with the nose? Jim. With the nose. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> And Robin Williams as another priest-like character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, still in 2007, August Rush. 
Robin Williams plays a character named Maxwell the Wizard Wallace. Yeah, I don't. I know I've seen this movie, but I don't really. It's very inspirational for musician. Yeah, it's it's an orphan musical prodigy that uses his gift to find his birth parents, and it's Freddie Highmore that plays our lead. Bates Motel. Oh, he, that the, he was Ar- Arthur in the Invisibles, Spiderwick yeah. Chronicles. He was in everything at this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Robin based his performance Not on uh, Bono. <laughs> so his character is very Bono like in this movie. Ew. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to avoid this now. So thank you. Uh, he did an uncredited cameo in a movie called Shrink with Kevin Spacey as a character named Jack Holden, but we will move on from that to Jesse's favorite, World's Greatest Dad. He plays the character Lance. When his son's body is found in a humiliating accident, a lonely high school teacher inadvertently attracts an overwhelming amount of community and media attention after covering up the truth with a phony suicide note. This is directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. Shakes the clown. Does a lot of really dark and twisted stuff. Okay. I love it. First of all, yeah. okay, I watched this. We thought this was going to be like a family fun oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. The trailer I is watched, so misleading. I watched this with my bestie. And her mom and stepdad. Okay? Because Perfect we thought it was going to be a nice film for all of us to sit well, down and watch. Well, I thought our rating would kind of make you question a lot. I think we okay. watched a trailer and we're like, that looks good. Mm-hmm. No. No. I mean, not that his performance was bad or anything. It's I do just, like this movie. I like how I mean, dark the beginning is spooked up. Oh, yeah. And, and I like that he went there. You know? Gosh, that kid was a prick. Yeah. And I just so and Which it just is, it's it a just little boy makes from the you Spy feel, Kids but you got chicken in your shoe over there. <laughs> Alan's in the corner sneaking chicken again. He's <laughs> pulling it out of his shoe. <laughs> you got some chicken in your shoe? Of course. Okay. But um, yeah, so this movie was just not what I was expecting, and I don't think I'd ever watch it again. That's fair. But if you're out there and, and you I want just something feel bad dark and disturbing, of what he had to do because his son was an asshole and. Mm-hmm died in a very unfortunate way and which does happen yeah oh yeah it's look a up thing. david carradine for sure so it's just i don't know it's <laughs> it's sad you know it's sad it's messed up mm-hmm. but it's not entirely unbelievable which is makes it no. creepier <laughs> no yeah, it's just, it just had bad marketing. That was the problem. Because I watched the trailer for this. I've seen this movie. I enjoyed this movie because it's dark and I like dark stuff. But the trailer does mislead you. The trailer makes you exactly what she says, where it's it feels like a family comedy and it's just a funny movie of him playing a teacher and a father to somewhat of a prick like kid. But you don't you don't really expect the the dark turns it yeah. takes in yeah. this movie. No. That's why I was like, "Did you see this?" And one? then it's like yeah. that awkward thing where you look at the parents, you know, because you're uncomfortable. Feel free to chime in with more things. We want to make oh, sure yeah, that you're no. a part of this. Yes, of course, of course, I've seen it. All right, thanks, Alan. Yeah. Moving on, we <laughs> we get the in 2009 the second installment of Night at the Museum Battle for the Smithsonian, where he reprises the Teddy Roosevelt which character, just which discussed, we just but... did discuss. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed all three of these movies. I don't so, really, I don't think I've seen the third one. Actually. Secret of the Tomb. Yeah, no, I don't, unless it's I have, and I just barely. It's got Rami it, Malek. That's entertaining. He's in all of them. Yeah, he's in all of them. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he's the. the I forget Pharaoh. who the new character is that because they always introduce like a new character. In yeah, movie. can't remember. Uh, isn't um, Amy? No, she was. She was in this one. Battle for the Smithsonian. 
She was Amelia Earhart. Mm. No, not Amy Adams. Um, oh. oh my gosh, what's her name? She's Australian. Uh, she plays Fat Amy in the... Uh, <laughs> It's perfect, you know. Rebel Wilson? Yes, thank you. I could not think of her fucking name, dude. Yes, Rebel funny. Wilson. She's like another Wilson. guard, yeah. Yes, she she's another security guard. Oh, okay. She's funny. She's really funny. I was like, I know oh, yeah. I saw yeah, her. Yeah, the on third the one has like the, the caveman that's Ben Stiller, which in the beginning I thought was Tom Cruise because he does look like Tom Cruise, but yeah. it's just Ben Stiller as the, the caveman. That's I mean, it was funny. funny. Huh? So we'll move on to the other big one mm-hmm. uh, by, by Disney Old Dogs. With Robin and John Travolta and Seth mm-hmm. Green. Well, mm-hmm. we all know I recently watched this. Two friends mm-hmm. and business partners find their lives turned upside down when strange circumstances lead them to be temporary guardians of seven-year-old twins. So, since you recently watched it, what are your recently or recent thoughts? Honestly, it does kind of have its moments. Is the recent thought. Just kidding. It does have its moments. Like, but it is very cheesy and. Well, yeah. It's a Disney movie involving, like, leading actors who are well beyond their prime. They would think it's fine. Yes. Yep. Uh huh. Mm hmm. I've only seen it once. I can't really say anything about it. I can't do it. I. It was I one of the first ones I watched it. for this. Is it because of Travolta? Or is it because of Seth? No, because, because it's like, Disney. It's because it is somewhat Disney, but it has two actors who, in their prime, would never have done this movie. Mm. But they're kind of forced to. Yeah, yeah and it was like, right. yeah, you know, hey, Disney, we're going to pay you $20 million for this one role. <laughs> and it's like, I get it why you would do it for You're the play check. play old bachelor. Right. Uh, I thought he has kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. I don't know. I th- it's probably on Disney Plus, too. D- well, I mean, oh, okay. yeah. Disney owns it. They can. Yeah. Pretty sure. That's mm-hmm. where I watched it. They'll be able to mm-hmm. spew it out wherever they can. Well, we wouldn't see uh, or hear that is uh, Robin's voice until uh, 2011 when he comes back as a remote in Happy Feet 2. It's just so weird. Oh, and I look at feet Happy feet, feet 2 and just say, from the director of Mad Max, Fury Road, comes Happy Feet yeah. 2. It's just... <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Can't get over that. 2013, we get him uh, in his physical form uh, as Father Moynihan in The Big Wedding. Another priest character. Huge ensemble. Huge cast. Yes. Huge. He's actually a very minor character. Yes. Which but is overall, understandable for this I actually huge cast. really liked this movie. I I've never seen. It. I thought I had seen it. It has a similar look and tone to a lot. But of I actually about a really enjoyed it. You know, I love Diane Keaton mm-hmm. and you know Robert De Niro and mm-hmm. uh, De Niro and Williams together again. So it's Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It was a great cast. Did you see this one? No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Well, first, no. Other than old dogs. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. For you liking rom-coms, I feel like this would be a movie you'd like. I don't know if it would. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. I've, cool. seen, I've seen the lineup, and I'm like, hmm. 
Yeah, I liked it. I liked it more than I thought I would. I bet you if you had a bag of chicken and was watching it, you'd probably... No, no. That movie, The Big Wedding, gave me the same vibes of... um, What was that Christmas movie with um, Family Stone? Oh. Had a a lot of big names when you watched. He was like... That one was a drama, though. Yeah, and that was the girlfriend who came home and everybody was... I'm talking about the way they promoted it. Well, they didn't you're, promote you're it hearing to be it from like a big person that's actually seen it, so it is big wedding is a comedy, correct? Mm. Or is I it think a so. Like Family Stone? I mean, it's both. No, Family Stone. They tried to promote it like it was love. Actually, they went the same kind of route with it. And it's promotion more like, wise, more like hate. Actually, yeah, <laughs> like where it was like Family yeah. Stone. It was like it was way more. I actually do like that movie, Family Stone. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, don't know. Mm. I do like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, um, moving on. <laughs> moving on, 2013. I didn't see this, but he does play Dwight Eisenhower in The Butler. I uh, didn't write much down about that one. Um, I do remember it. Mm-hmm. He did a good job. He looked I'm assuming very bit role for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Also in that year, we get a uh, movie called The Face of Love. He plays the character Roger Stillman. Uh, It's about a widow who falls for a guy that has a striking resemblance of her late husband. Yeah, this sounded interesting, but I didn't watch. I think I watched the trailer, but I didn't didn't watch this. 2014, we get Boulevard. He plays the character Nolan Mack. It's a devoted husband in a marriage of convenience that's forced to confront his secret life. Saw a trailer for this, too. It's a deep drama. Okay. So it could be good for performances um this is the this next one in 2014 is one i wanted to see angriest man in brooklyn i did not get a chance to see this one. Oh, same he plays henry altman yeah. he's apparently an angry man who is informed he has 90 minutes to live and promptly sets out to reconcile with his friends and family in a short in the short time he has left yeah i wanted to watch this as well mm-hmm. but this next one uh you were talking about at one point uh where he plays virgil Mick mitchler in a merry friggin christmas which is a great father-son road movie. Yeah, I've seen this one. Not a fan. <laughs> the arguing drives me insane. I get where you're coming from, but just like knowing that he like this was like his last one of his or whatever, last, yeah. and I was like, Ugh. he did all yeah. of these movies. All these I'm not saying his performance was bad. No, no, no. Yeah. I get that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like I get your perspective, but I was For like, sure. damn, I was like. But at the time when I it, know. oh no, it did. It came out after he passed. But like all these movies, he did like a year yeah. prior to his death. Yeah, so then they were released a year he had that later. TV show about yeah, the that same got year. canceled after a season. Yeah. And that, the crazy ones. That's but that called. also sent him down a deep spiral yeah. because he wanted another season, mm-hmm. wanted yeah. to do more of that. Yep. And I couldn't get access to that either. Mm-hmm. It's not streaming on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so that year we got the third, ninth museum secret of the tomb. Um, and that was a sad, that was a good movie because like, I mean, they're all great, but he like com- this he one, he completed his scenes. He did. He completed his scenes and it was mm-hmm. so, it was so sad and happy at the same time because this was, they didn't plan on making any more Night at the Museum movies anyways, whether mm-hmm. he died or not. So we'd have a lot of these characters you do hear the goodbye from. So, and then you mm-hmm. watch this after his death, it hits even harder. So, yeah. I mean, but he does such a good job. Saying goodbye completely to the Roosevelt character. Well, that's how I feel about with the uh, Merry Frickin' Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, because, yeah, he's an asshole dad, but this is like, oh. Yeah. It's like, fuck. 
Nah. In actuality, the last thing that he ever did was a movie called Absolutely Anything, which I watched. I it stars, started it. Uh, I kind of fell asleep, so I didn't It stars it. Simon Pegg, and it's about a group of aliens that give a human the power to do absolutely anything, but as an experiment, and Simon Pegg is that. And uh, Robin Williams is the voice of his dog, Dennis. And he wanted to do the movie because he's always wanted to... He was a huge fan of Simon Pegg and actually wanted to just do a movie with him, so... That's really nice, but that See, was the last. I didn't get to hear his voice yet, and when I was watching it, because I, I think I fell asleep during that part. I like Simon Pegg a lot. This movie is probably like on the lower end of his movies, but it's it's enjoyable. It's just yeah. not, it could have been better. It could have been yeah. way better, but it was it was watchable. And just to hearing him as the voice of a dog, it's sad. But I just want one. I have one last thing to talk about Robin Williams before we wrap this up, and that is what happened. On August 11, 2014, he was found dead in his home in Paradise K, California. The autopsy, the autopsy report revealed the cause of death was due to suicide by hanging. There was no signs of drug or alcohol use, with the exception of prescription drugs. Those were only, and they were only at a therapeutic level, not over the top. The report also noted that he had depression and anxiety. Susan Williams, his wife, stated that he had diffuse Lewy body dementia describing it as a terrorist in her husband's brain. She noted how we as a culture don't have the vocabulary to discuss brain disease in the way we do about depression. Depression is a symptom of LBD, and it's not about psychology. It's rooted in neurology. His brain was falling apart. Medical experts struggled to determine a cause and just eventually diagnosed him with Parkinson's. Rest in peace, Robin. We yeah, will always miss you. really sad. Moment of silence for Robin. Hmm. Not to be funny or anything, but it's truthful. No, no I, I do love it. I, I, I love the big guy. facts, man. Because that was a shock when I heard it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's like yeah, that's, I, that's I, coming I, up I, on. That's, that's the nine, first I've that's, heard of the that's dementia coming up thing. on. Yeah. That's nine years ten, ago. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say it's it coming up like on it ten wasn't years. That long ago. Yeah, man. It's like damn. It's crazy. Just imagine what he'd be doing if he didn't have that and he was still acting. Even if he was just. If he just retired and was like, yeah, you know, just hey, living the life. Yeah, man, hey, what's up? Well, now he is mm -hmm. up there. So, whatever your beliefs are, he's living a better. Well, now he's not living, but you know what I mean. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's somewhere better. <laughs> Sorry, that's not. I got that. Yeah, funny, I but I get it. That's yeah, a bad speech. It's I got weird, <laughs> and I I want to bring this up, but just out of respect. Mm -hmm. But like Matthew Perry, mm -hmm. his passing. I was yeah. like. Dude, oh, what? I know. That was very sad. And he was talking about, like, here's some weird things he was posting just days before. Well, he, yeah. The he, Batman yeah, symbol. He, he was like, I am Batman. Posting about and that. his last one was in his hot dog. I was like, oh, now, what? Yeah. Bruce Willis Ugh. on his way as well. Mm, Slowly. Maybe his last person. And I'm like, man. Sad. Look at me. I really desperately. Do, um, of course, want to do a Bruce Willis oh, episode, sure. which will take a very long time to prep, especially well, with his straight-to-video stuff. Three. You know, as long yeah. as we're playing trees here, we'll be doing the Dwayne Johnson episode on this fucking podcast. And I don't care. We'll do him next. I mean, not next episode, but next No, I'm saying, episode. like, when it happens, I'm just talking about eventually. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Eventually. Yeah. I'll do it on my own. Robin. Agreed. He was one of a kind. Yeah, man. Nothing, no one can be like him. Yeah. No one will ever be like him. No. Crazy. I miss him. And but it just, that's, yeah. that's kind of going to leave this episode. 
Yeah. No jokes. Just a nice somber. Well, you know, how, how about we leave it on a high note? Like, what were your best Robin Williams performances, movies that you want oh, to talk about? Mrs. It? Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aladdin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Hook. Yes. Same for me. Flubber. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. And, um, I, and I know a lot of, like, his, his later work got... You know, it failed at the he was box office, with whatever. Stuff, so but it's knows? like it's it's whatever, man. But I'm like, but he started so we weren't even born yet, right? I when a lot and of his he, big he shit hit, it's like of yeah, my he was a staple. Come on, yeah. And I and I used to watch Mork and Mindy when I was a kid, not when it aired because I was born the year that it. I've never ended, seen a single but episode. But they used to play reruns on that. Nick at Night, so that's where I would yeah. watch mm-hmm. it. And nanu nanu, you know, it's. I mean, I've seen a lot. I used to watch it with my mom, so. Yeah, like for me, it's like his stand up. Oh gosh, his uh, yeah, like New York stand up that he did, like in and he was early two thousands was so funny. I I still have, it was live on like, Broadway. That's what he it was had called. Like a bunch of bottles of water yes. and like oh yes, mm-hmm. and all these weird background with like yeah. the eye and stuff like. That was my, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. My brother used to I've love watching seen. that. We owned that. I, I still have it. It's yeah. still great. It's still funny. But he he also came up with like with Billy Crystal and Willie Goldberg. Yeah, those guys. Started so like, a whole revolution of, com- even of for stand-up. Me, like being a parent, like I grew up on Miss Doubtfire and the Flubbers, you know, all that stuff. Like my kids know Robin Williams from that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, certain people just, they can impact different generations. Oh, and he was yeah. so yeah. good yeah. to be able to do so com- good. comedy to yeah. serious so to even downright terrifying. Yeah. Stop, and, you know, at the drop take of away, hat. stop trying to shit on his box. It's like, Impact, true impact. Oh, for sure. Robin Williams is one of the goes. So, Agreed. I yeah, agree. So, miss him. Yeah, yeah, man. Ain't gonna be no other than Miss Doubtfires. I mean, you know Hollywood, they'll reboot. Yeah, it Yeah, they'll try. They'll they'll try. No. They, I mean, they'll it's try. Supposed to end on a high note. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It's still a low point. We need to. <laughs> right. All right. Well. We love you, Robin. We, we, we love you, Robin. And he's, everybody he's a high else, point. thank you for listening, and I'll see you at the movies. Bye. Taint. <laughs> <laughs>